Hey everyone, and welcome to the NovaCast, a Digimon rewatch experience. I'm Sloan. I'm Scrafty. And I'm Tom. And today we are here to cover episodes 4 through 6 of Digimon Adventure 02. But before that, we have a little bit of news. Uh, of course, as of this recording and by the time this episode is out next week, uh, Digimon Adventure Last Evolution Kizuna is out on physical and on digital. And uh, you know what? It's very good. I like it. Yeah. It's it's a good movie. Don't want to delve too far into our thoughts because we will be covering it probably in the near future. But yeah, it, it's good. It's good. Very it's good. good, actually, I would even say. Uh, yeah, yeah, I very much enjoyed it. Toei, you can uh, go uh, eat a bag of dicks for not releasing it in the UK. Why? It's so <laughs> annoying. But um, I would very much like to give you money for that, Toei. Please let me give you money. It shouldn't be hard. But, but you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And I wasn't able to, to watch um, I was able to watch it, and it is extremely good. Yes, I'm looking forward to recapping that with the two of you. Yeah, sometime soon. Yeah, we're we'll be we'll be doing something for that soon, and we're excited for that because that was really good. I enjoyed it. But also, what we have is the 20th anniversary is happening uh, in a few days, I believe, for Digimon the movie. And Jeff Nimoy posted a very great blog post about the creation behind the movie. Uh, we won't go too deep into it yet. We're going to talk about some of the Hurricane Touchdown stuff in our Hurricane Touchdown episode. But if you want to read it, I highly recommend it. At Just look at uh, Jeff Nimoy's Twitter, at Jeff Nimoy, and uh, check it out because it is, it is very fascinating, all the details behind the creation of that movie. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's honestly, it's funny that some of the stuff we were speculating about in our podcast basically just got confirmed. So, like, part of, <laughs> part of me almost wishes we delayed it by a little bit just so that we could we could talk about all the stuff he talks about in this. But um, yeah. it's good to have confirmation for some some hunches or educated guesses, I guess. Yeah, I feel like Hurricane Touchdown is kind of it's probably a better episode we will cover that in the future as Sloan says. Like, we we will find the the appropriate place to slot that into our. Uh, Digimon rewatch because it doesn't take place before or after it takes place during O2 uh, and it is uh, absolutely 100% canon uh, as we've recently discovered <laughs> let's say so we'll uh, absolutely be covering that but I also feel like that's more representative of the Digimon movie because it's so goofy and broken and like a mess of a film anyway even even in the original form so I'm very much looking forward to you know delving properly into that article and, and, and giving it a read and seeing um, the wild decisions that were made and how they how they came about. So, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, carving into that turkey. Yeah, I don't want to go too deep into it because, I, again, I do recommend reading it, yeah. but there's a point where Jeff recounts a meeting with Haim Saban and Saban <laughs> gets very mad about asking if any of the people on uh, between Terry Lee O'Malley, Jeff, and Bob Buchholz have uh, talked to his contacts in Japan, and Bob Buchholz apparently said, I don't even eat sushi, and that just feels like a line from Digimon Wholesale that I actually like, <laughs> genuinely laughed when I read that. There is, there is a reference to sushi in, in a bunch of episodes this week even, so I feel like, yes, 100%. 100%, 100%, yeah, the, 100% the yes. The idea that Haim Saban left it up, like, what made it their responsibility to talk to the Japanese writers it is, it says so much about how that business was run, though. <laughs> It's like, hey, we want you to localize this extremely, you know, narrative-driven TV show, but we're not going to give you any easy access to 
the original text. And if you want to <laughs> access the original text, you're going to have to contact them on your own dollar and find out. Yeah, that seems about right for that scumbag. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> less, less said about him, the better. <laughs> Do we want to get on to starting? Because we had a lot to cover last week, or not last week, the week before, even. Forgot that we, we uh, had to miss a week, but we had a lot to cover. I'm sure we'll have plenty to cover today because between going from Last Evolution Kizuna to the O2 dub, night and day. Yes. Yes. It's a huge difference. Oh, you have you have no idea. I guess... <laughs> there, like there are there are yes. entire subplots cut out of the dub in this version, and I don't really know how to reconcile that. <laughs> like it's yeah, we're, we're gonna get right into it with the first episode, which is which is um, of these three. I think it's the weakest of the three, and uh, and you'll understand why probably when I run down the the plot synopsis now. So uh, you're all right for me to go ahead, go ahead and roll ahead. Lot, rattle that off. Fantastic. So, episode four. Um, I did not write down the episode name. Does anyone have that handy? <laughs> Does anyone have an episode, episode name? Episode name is Iron Vegemon. Oh, well, like Iron Chef. Very clever. Okay. I guess that's what they were going for. Okay, so, episode four, Iron Vegemon. So, this sort of picks up kind of where the last one left off, or, or where we saw a scene that we saw in the last episode with the Digimon Emperor um, imprisoning the Gotsumon and making them fight. This episode begins with the O2 kids and Tai helping basically break the Gotsumon out of their prison and, you know, bringing them to safety away from the Digimon Emperor's grasp by bringing them back to the real world. So they're very much in the, at a at pain of like, well, what do we do? What do we do now? The sort of, uh, the episode then cuts back to uh, the Emperor in the digital world who is busy constructing new control spires. So the control spires are introduced in this episode properly and they are what the Digimon Emperor uses to, you know, essentially control Digimon. It powers the dark rings he uses to brainwash Digimon. It stops Digimon from being able to digivolve by normal means, that sort of thing. So he's building more of these. He's also imprisoned uh, Gabimon and a whole bunch of uh, Gazimon and he leaves them, uh, he's imprisoned them, he leaves them under the watch of uh, a load of Vegemon, red, uh, led by Red Vegemon. Gabumon breaks out eventually, he's eventually, he's pretty much immediately sick of being in prison, breaks out straight away, uh, and then gets the absolute crap beaten out of him by Red Vegemon. But he still manages to escape by diving into a river. Then he sends out a signal to the real world, which is met by, uh, by Matt, and of course Matt, wanting to help his friend, travels back to the digital world. They meet up with Davis, so uh, they meet up with Davis and the rest of the O2 kids as they go about, you know, with Matt and Gabimon reunited, they go about trying to uh, essentially go go and rescue the uh, the enslaved Gazimon and, and, you know, teach Vegemon a proper lesson. There's a minor kerfuffle between uh, Davis and him just basically completely acting like a prick, um, you know, has a verbal argument with Matt and TK, uh, Kari thinks he's a dumbass, Davis takes that on the takes that very very hard and vmon just wants to cheer him up so when they uh, eventually run it into red vegemon again vmon is very intent on um beating up red vegemon but red vegemon has the upper hand and just you know beats the crap out of vmon instead while all the other vegemon are there holding all the kids back Eventually gets to the point where Vimon is basically being pummeled into the side of a control spire and they realise that, oh wait, we can just use Red Vegemon to wreck the control spire. So Vimon throws himself out the way of a few hits, 
from Red Regimon and those hits destroy the Control Spire, which allow Gabimon to digivolve. So we're having our first, I believe this is our first digivolution from the original crew of this series. Gab- Gabimon gets to evolve into Grurumon, then Vmon armor digivolves into Flamedramon, and uh, you know basically suplexes Red Regimon into, into dirt. Uh, then they would destroy the control spire and all the Vegemon are free from the uh, brainwashing. That's when they eventually figure out, oh, if we destroy these control spires, then we can fight back against the Digimon Emperor properly. Uh, and this is sort of uh, sets off the rest, the sort of objective for the rest of this uh, arc and uh, uh, primarily these next three episodes as well. Sue, yeah. So this episode has a lot of Davis, um, emotionally speaking. He is very much forefront of this episode. In the dub, so if you remember our discussion from last week, there's a large difference between dub Davis and sub Davis, even larger than any of the other differences between the dub and the sub. And it's again on full, full show here as he's sort of front and center and he's um, just, oh. Yeah, once once again, Davis and Daisuke are, for all intents and purposes, different characters. We do have we do have a proper dub Davis now, thanks to Last Evolution Kazuna. But yes, for the for the purposes of O2 discussion, yes, you will you will continue to be right, Scrafty. Yeah. So one thing that really changes his character in this, and it, it's a small change, but it, it completely recontextualizes all of his behavior in this episode. So in the sub, Daisuke talks about how his sister June is basically like a bully. Like she kind of bullies him. Like she calls him names and like acts like he's a loser all the time and that makes him feel really inferior to the point where like when she's fangirling over matt and his his rock band um and she asks tk to sign her shirt just for being matt's brother she straight up says both of you are so cool i wish i had a cool brother like you my brother's a loser (laughs) like she straight up like calls daisuke a loser and later on when you know when they mention they talk to her like Daisuke just assumes it's like, oh, she probably talked bad about me because she always talks bad about bad about me. I think she hates me, and it's like it's like actually kind of sad. <laughs> like, oh, that's so sad. It makes yeah. me feel bad for him. Like he he has to put up with this every single day, and now he meets some new friends who haven't been you know influenced by his sister bad mouthing him, and then turns like now he's just afraid that they you know they're going to turn on him as well. Oh, so what's nice what's thing. what's the idea? Yeah, that's one a you know a that's sad. Um. And in a you know in a meaningful way that's a, that's not our criticism that's like yeah that's generally quite touching um i wonder what the motive was here behind removing that um what immediately jumps to mind is i don't know maybe they thought like his sister sort of clowning on him was like emasculating or something and and would make him look uncool like that's the sort of cynical first thought I, i'm trying to i'm trying to piece together why they would make that choice and that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Logic I can sort of come up with. He's like the hero, so you don't want the hero to like look bad, I guess, unless like it's by the villain. So maybe. Yeah, the only explanation I can think of is that, um, yeah, like they 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 decided to make Davis a different character than Daisuke. Like Daisuke is a he, he's I think Slum described him best. He's like a human puppy dog kind of. Like he's very yeah. hyperactive and excitable, but sure. overall a very nice person. Whereas they decided from the outset to make Dub Davis more of like a hothead, you know, conceited, kind of like blowhard, and they wanted to keep his characterization consistent. So instead of having him be, you know, rightfully upset that his sister is, you know, making fun of him and badmouthing him all the time. They changed that to, 
he's just a blowhard and assumes that she's bad about thinking him, even though there's no evidence of of, of her doing that. Yeah, and it just he makes just, him like, seem starts talking mess immature. and yeah, he he starts talking mess all immaturely, and everyone is just sick of him, and so was I. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the problem is, is that there is there continues to be zero sense of heroism from from uh, from from Davis, which you know they can choose to change the character and have this more hot-headed character and all this sort of stuff as well. But because that's not actually his character, they can't bend the script in a way that makes that work. So it's not, you know, there's, there's plenty of like characters like that in anime, even in, you know, the original script. So that's a, that's a fairly common anime trait. Just watch anything by Druger, for example. But you've got, I don't know, you can't, you can't like, it has to be written that way and Davis isn't written that way originally and so the scenes that they're left with where they tried to make him that way using what they've got don't work because like he just you know the, the animation says oh he has to have an argument with Matt and Ty here and then the uh, sorry Matt and TK I should say and what's he got to have an argument about well him it's him just being like paranoid and insecure like he comes across as like more of like a I don't know like emotionally uh, weak or whatever character than he would do normally. Like <laughs> it's just it's just weird. Yeah, like, and like surely each it, you know, it, it, it doesn't help that in in the sub they treat him way worse as well. Like the argument he has with Matt is he he basically he wants to prove himself, so he keeps acting kind of impulsively and uh, trying to pick fights with the enemy Digimon because he wants to you know show that he's strong and brave and whatever. And sure. Matt straight up like grabs him and says, "If you were my little brother, I would beat you up right now." <laughs> like he threatens violence on this child because he's acting, you know, acting out of it. I and mean, that's... yeah, T- TK has that's to put him in the, the the full Nelson to stop Matt from hitting Davis. Yeah, and like, yeah, Matt, and, and Matt is Matt is a cool guy in a rock band. He's in his teens. Like, I think I think that characterization is actually perfectly fine for Matt, as ridiculous as it is. And also, it's kind of on top of the fact that they've never really had a character like Davis in their crew before. Like, Ty had his moments, but he was never that bad. So, yeah, I guess I can see Matt sort of just being like, "Yeah, I'm, I've got zero time for this. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wreck this Davis kid if he doesn't stop, stop running." His must mouth. have a really bad home life because he is the most toxically <laughs> masculine preteen boy imaginable. Like that's how that's just how I how I'm inferring it from now on. This is my headcanon. I mean, I still <laughs> yeah, hate Davis because he still he still acts awful and he doesn't learn. But I mean, like something there's got to be something just awful with his home life. Yeah, sure. It's, Apparently it's, so. it's it's sad. Like I don't know what the Motomiya household is like, but yeah, like his his sister is relentlessly bullying him. Apparently, even bad mouthing him to total strangers, and. Whenever he tries to like assert himself, he just gets smacked down right away. Yeah. Also, like I, I feel like this change also means that the weather. I didn't mention it in my recap, but yes, there's a scene where Matt and TK meet uh, Davis's sister. Uh, she's fangirling over over Matt uh, being in a cool rock band, um, which uh, you know. Yeah. Okay. Good. It's worth mentioning the rock band. You, uh, the song it uses in English is entirely original as well, which is of you course. know, yeah, good, good flex on that budget there. I, I. I yeah, I thought it was serviceable for what it was, you know. Um, the yeah. it's that scene, like a, that like a Green Daylight like, song. Yeah, that scene is like completely pointless in the um, 
I don't know in the in the dub in the dub version because it might as well just be some like a random girl who's like a fan of Matt's. Like you don't get anything from that scene really about Davis's sister, other than the fact that she's Davis's sister, or that Davis has a sister. And that like she she's incredibly thirsty all the time. Yeah, and you know, borderline appropriate. I would say like she she says I get all the cute boys to sign my shirt. I think all boys are cute. Like. Yeah, I kind of have she... to stand because she knows what she's about. So, <laughs> like, you know what? But yeah, uh, oh, man, that's. I wish we had Dice K because after Last Evolution Kizuna, I want to love him, but now we're going back and I'm just like, <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, he sucks. I mean, I mean, if you want to. Okay, so like, uh, taking, taking like Last Evolution Kizuna into account. I feel like there is a timeline that you can sort of follow there where Davis actually grows, grows the hell up and is immediately so much more pleasant yeah. and so on by time. Uh, you know, that, that rolls around in, I believe it's eight years after? Yeah, eight years after after this. Yeah, eight um, years. Which would put him at like 18 or something. Right, so yeah, that makes high school. total sense. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. like 18 or... They're like en- entering college, I want to say. Yeah, they're, they're, that's yeah. what they... Um... That's what Matt says to Ty in the movie that TK and his friends are just entering university. Okay, they're just sort of they're just sort of dicking around in the film. To be honest, they're not like going. <laughs> yeah, to they're they're probably anything, like but... on their like break yeah. before they start freshman year, so they're just like sure, world hopping sure. because they can use digital gates. So they're like, uh, yeah, let's just yeah, go yeah, on vacations we'll go... literally everywhere. We'll get to that element <laughs> later on in the in the uh, in our two rewatch, but yes, that was a that was a fun thing. But yes, no, there is a yes, you can see there's a timeline there if you take all dub stuff as its own separate canon. Um, you know, despite the fact that Last Evolution Kazuna is obviously way more closely adapted from the original, the yeah, there is a timeline where that Davis obviously grows up, and and you know, Yole, Yole sort of cools off a bit as well, and and Cody, you know. I love Cody. We'll get to that in the next episode, but but Cody's great, and that doesn't change. But yeah, Davis in this is just very obnoxious, and I just you just spend the whole time thinking, why is this guy getting Digimon stuff? Like, why is he getting the, like the? I know that the eggs aren't necessarily representative of traits and stuff, but like, why is he getting the egg of courage and friendship and this stuff? Like, he's not really showing any of those elements. Like, he kind of he kind of has a bit of a moment of bravery as he's like fighting past the Vegemon, but it doesn't go anywhere. So, like, the episode, the end of this episode where it seems like he might, like, throw himself in front of Vemon or do something like that, it doesn't go anywhere. He just sort of starts paying more attention to the fact that his partner, Digimon, is getting the shit beat out of it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's really aimless. I don't know if that's different in the... I don't know. I feel like that wouldn't be much different in the original version. Because like again, like the actual events that occur, Davis doesn't actually do anything like to help Vimon. Wait, does does Vimon try to do all this for the same reason in the sub? Like, it, does he is he doing this to cheer Davis up? Yeah, he's he's trying to do it to restore Davis's confidence, essentially. Okay. Like, so it's it's he, it's relatively the same thing. Yeah, like he he sees that he keeps trying to assert himself and he keeps getting shut down by by Matt and TK. So he said he his logic for trying to fight Red Vegemon is if I can do this, it'll make Davis look really good and they'll stop like you know ragging on him. Oh, sure. I mean that yeah that that's and that's more or less the same logic as as Vimon follows in the in the. In dub, but it's more simplistic because he's just saying like, "I want to cheer you up," and you know, I'll cheer you up by 
you know, beating this Digimon and giving them what for, and you know, Being Davis is always willing to do that. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously he gets he gets owned. <laughs> Speaking of Digimon, this this is I think my favorite celebrity impression. In okay, the I show. who who is I it? Absolutely is love it? Red Vegemon. I need to know who it is. It's Jack Nicholson. Oh, oh my god, uh, yeah. that's incredible. I guess I can see like, that. He, who, I, 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 let me look up who voiced him real quick, because he does like a perfect impression of it's, Jack Nicholson. Uh, I, I looked last, so last night, it's Dan, like, Lorge or something. Dan Lorge? Okay, well, Dan, Dan Lorge, you, you did a great job. He, I, he didn't do many uh, voices, and let me, let me check. Red I'm ashamed to say I'm ashamed to say I've not seen that many Jack Nicholson films, so it's a bit, it's a little bit lost on me. I haven't either, but... Yeah. you know it's yeah it's 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 great it's like he he captures like that that kind of like sleazy rasp that he has perfectly like he talks like this the entire time and it's like it's such a good like encapsulation of of nicholson's mannerisms and it makes no sense for this character because you know jack nicholson never played any you know character related to like sh- you know chefs or cooking or whatever but i appreciate it nonetheless Okay, so, so, so uh, what, Dan Dan Lorge voiced uh, Monzaemon and Waru Monzaemon last season. Ah, uh, he voiced Red Vegemon, and he'll also voice a character we'll be introduced to next episode. Oh. Cool. Yeah. All right. You can point that out in the in the next recap. Then uh, I just want to say very briefly: um, Does this make Red Vegemon the drill of the uh, of Digimon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need to, we need to Photoshop some sunglasses and a cigarette. Red into... Red Drill Digimon. Yes. yes. Oh. Spend less on um, dark rings. Uh, spend uh, less on dark rings. Uh, uh, no, I was trying to dark rings. <laughs> yes, four four billion dollars. Someone help me! My digital empire is dying. <laughs> no one lets me. Uh, uh, not even, they won't even let me fuck the control spire. I don't know. I can't think of draw <laughs> tweets. I'm just it's just a, it's just been a weird Friday. I'm feeling kind of ill. I'm feeling kind of under the weather. Yeah, it's, it's kind uh, of it's it's been a week. But, yeah. If the if the digidescent if the digidescent ban me. If, from hollering at the minions in the dark area, that I will walk, I will face God and walk backwards into hell. <laughs> walk backwards for digital. Yeah. There we go. Yes, finally. I'm I'm so glad we're finally getting our drill references in. Uh, it's uh, it's been too long. Um, so yes. long, suckers! Okay. I say as I wind up my fists and start <laughs> punching Gabumon. When the dust settles, I am lying dead in the ground. <laughs> Yeah, well, you need to save. You need to save that one for uh, for Tamers when we meet uh, Beelzebub. Um, yeah, that's we'll, true. We'll get back to yeah, we'll, we keep, we'll keep that. We'll keep that one in our pocket for now. Yeah, exactly. We need another excuse. Okay, to, uh, uh, hopefully, there'll, hopefully there'll be another Jack Nicholson impression so we can bring back this segment, <laughs> uh, which I'm sure yeah, see, will be, be more Joe Pesci, so we're gonna we're gonna get some Joe Pesci jokes in there. Oh, okay, good. Oh wow, I forgot about that entirely. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, I also, it. not really seen any Joe Pesci films, but you know. Okay, before oh, between now and Tamer, you have a, between now and when Tamers happens to watch other Goodfellas or Casino. I okay. think Goodfellas is on Netflix, so I'm, I'll, I'll I'll jump on that, and uh, I've, that's been on my list of uh, my list of films that I need to watch is as long as my arm. So yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that just for the sake of I podcast. Think, <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to give you an award, Tom. I think you're the only white man who hasn't seen Goodfellas. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm the only white man who hasn't done a lot of things. So. Uh, yeah. Anywho, anywho, I, uh, yes, I need I to like make a hot take because. Yeah, Red Vegemon is really good. I actually, as a monster of the week, I really love him just because of how like dorky he is. Yeah, he's, yeah. Kind of, well, I mean, they, they, a lot of them are like that, but he's. I like. He's kind of committed. 
to you know the job and and to also being a massive like dork yeah he he is i absolutely loved when he's um i don't like the fact that he was beating up gabby mon because why would i like that but um i like him just saying like smell my hands <laughs> smell my roots or whatever and then he smell them again it's like oh, no. oh i hated that <laughs> this, that was the worst this dub has so many as what this series rather has so many corny jokes and and i don't like that for the most part but there are some moments where it does get a laugh out of me and that was definitely one of them if, if you throw yeah. enough at the wall eventually some of them will stick yes yeah, the wall, the wall, the, yes you're right you're right it's like um how do i put this it's an interesting sense like censorship because the reason why he just says like smell my roots over and over again is because they're they're just like you know kind of papering over the fact that in the Japanese version, he's just punching with a face repeatedly and it shows like, the full impact every time. Ooh. Right. Yeah, so yeah I figured that was... I, 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 I could tell that there was cutaways. Yeah, it's 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 not hard, really. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that it's like obvious in the editing. It's more just that I'm sort of used to this sort of thing by now and, and I've, got, I've got more of an eye for it. I mean, the scene still works, but like it's... It would have been nice if they just let... You know, Gabamon getting beaten up should be enough to elicit a response from the audience. You know, uh, so I think this this is the first time yeah. he's appeared in O2, right? Yeah, this is this is his big debut. Right. Fossil. No, wasn't okay. he in? Wasn't there Red Vegemon in? Um, no, I'm in, I'm in Adventure Gabumon. briefly. Oh, Gabamon. Oh, he, he, okay. yeah, he got Gabamon. This is Gabamon's okay. first yeah. appearance well, in Zero Two. It's a long week. I, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I, I, I was trying to think the same thing about Red Vegemon, actually. To be, to be fair, I, I was trying to think: Has he been in any uh, any others? But I, honestly, I, 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 I don't think, think green, green Vegemon appeared. I don't think Red did. No, they though. they they popped up Red Vegemon, I believe, in um the the what's it called? Uh, Puppetmon popped them all up. I believe. Uh, oh, that's yeah, yeah, yes, that's true. Because yes. it wasn't the Dino episode, that was just normal Vegemon. Um, yeah, that was just, just normal Vegemon. They're just, monst- they're just you know, cannon fodder in, in this episode. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed Red Vegemon. Um, I didn't enjoy Davis. I... Yeah, so, as, yeah. as much valid criticism as we have with the dub this one, the fact that they managed to take a completely forgettable, nothing generic villain and turn it into an amazing Jack Nicholson caricature... <laughs> Save save this episode. That's what the dub is really good at. They'll take like yeah. just a basic character and then they give it a good voice and you and it makes it very memorable. Like I remembered Red Vegemon. I was like, ooh, like Red Vegemon. I remember this. Mm-hmm. Like because Digimon, like as in referring to the original, you know, Japanese show, that is always yeah. it's very character focused and it focuses all of its efforts on that. And then the actual monsters, that are the you know, the Digimon of the week, or whatever, are just there to represent a threat to be overcome. Mm-hmm. Like they're not. I think this was painfully obvious. I hate to keep going back to this, but it's fresh in the mind. Um, Last Evolution Kazuna, where I don't think any of the villain Digimon that appear in that, or you know, enemy Digimon that appear in that, speak, which is unusual for the dub. Like it's weird hearing Tai and Agumon's normal voices, and then the Digimon they're fighting is just like squaw. You know, it doesn't say anything. It doesn't speak English. It doesn't use attack yeah. names. Like that. That's and and that's truer to the original. So it's kind of like a nice reminder of that's usually the case. Whereas the dub has always gone in hard on... That gives the dub a lot of creative freedom. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a blank slate for them to draw on. Uh, and when their job is to, like, pepper in as many dumb one-liners as possible, uh, the villains are perfect for that. Um, so, yeah. But when you have a character who's an actual character, like, uh, for example, Davis, um, they that you can see where they uh, 
don't do so well in that respect. But but yeah, yeah, I enjoy. Yeah, I enjoy. I I, I get the feeling this is going to continue to be a fact about the about the dub. I have a mildly hot take. I feel oh, like because we see the goggles as like the ter- the signs of a leader. Give those to 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 DK instead. He deserves Ty's goggles more than than <laughs> Davis ever does. Sure, yeah. I mean, T- I don't know if TK actually ever steps up to like the plate so much. He, I he mean, literally just... anyone deserves it more than Davis right now. No, is my no. Thing. You, you Give want, him you to Kari. Kari is an expert at the digital world. She knows what she's doing. Give, give her the goggles. Much, yeah. I would be been... on. I would be on board if the dub was like you know the BL Endel, but I have fully drank the Daisuke Kool Aid at this point. He is a <laughs> no, good I boy. Understand. I will I defend him it. to my I'm... dying breath. I'm I'm talking I... solely about the dub. Like Dub Davis does not deserve the dang goggles. Yeah, Give them to I literally don't... anyone else. Give them to Cody. I am some, and and I think this is a bit unfair for me to say. Maybe without again without having actually watched the dub proper, but I just feel like Davis was kind of like I'm and and, and that Daisuke as well. Maybe not needed. Like I feel like could have positioned TK and Kari more as like the main lead similar to well you know Matt and Ty sorry Ty and Matt rather are the leads of Digimon Adventure that's become abundantly clear in the years since and you know again they are the main characters of Last Evolution but in this show they could have had and they probably should have had TK and Kari as like the central leads but instead they have Davis who is like a second rate Ty with like way you know, in the in the dub, he's got way less personality. In the in the sub, I gather that he is much more pleasant and such. But he clearly never quite took over from Ty because you know, otherwise, yeah. I mean, it speaks for itself if he did. I just feel like it would have been more interesting if they'd focused on TK and Kari, and then maybe had like they can keep Yole and Cody because they're good supporting characters. If they needed another one on top of that, then they could have another one on top of that. But given the fact that O2 focuses so much on the original cast as well, I don't know if that's actually, if that was actually needed. But yeah, I, I, do, you, do you sort of see where I'm coming from? How that, that would make more, like, I feel like that would, you'd get more out of it. I think the only thing that might be lost is the Davis-Ken stuff, which is, I remember being pretty good. Yeah, I think... In general, Kari and TK are like criminally underutilized in in yes. Zero Two. Like, aside from the fact that they don't really do a whole lot or like develop as characters, they also are the only member of the main group that only gets one armor evolution each instead of two, like everyone else does. And yeah, their their respective DNA digital evolutions feel like afterthoughts compared to Imperial <laughs> yes. Their their, yeah. their their DNA digivolutions don't really take upon much of the traits of the Digimon that they're actually like coming from. Like um, the one that uh, Cody TK and TK in particular is just the TK, is just yeah, the thing. Cody and TK are like okay, there's a, there is sort of relationship between that and like like it's made out it's made out of clay, I guess, and it's holy, I guess. So you've sort of got elements of both, but it's not really the same. It feels it's, a lot yeah, more it's like, such a weird if you have... choice because like TK yeah. and Kari knew each other before. Yoli and Cody knew each other before. Why don't why don't why aren't these the pairings that have DNA devolutions? Like why is I mean, it, why if, is it... if it was TK and Kari, it would just be an even bigger angel. 
Like, yeah, but like a cool, a, a cool, a cool like gender neutral seraphim though. It would be cool. It would be so OP. <laughs> okay, that's, that's <laughs> like, actually, yeah. It would. You wouldn't even need Pyeldramon or anything. Sorry, yeah. spoilers for this twenty year old show. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. you wouldn't even need the the special ones for, or the special DNA <laughs> digital from the main character from the mainest characters because you would just yeah. have the whole Digimon that just hand of fate holy arrows through everything. It, it, <laughs> well, again, it shoots I, the holy yeah. arrow, but with a hand of fate. More more evidence that they should have just had TK and Kari be like the focal point of the show, and and then you could get away with doing that because again, like you give Ty and Matt Omnimon for example, <laughs> you know you can just do that again. Hell, that would actually make a lot of sense because again, they would technically were the first ones to get a DNA digivolution. I don't know if the show actually, I don't know if that actually counts as a DNA digivolution, but uh, or jogress as the as the sub calls it. But it does. Um, but I guess it does. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that would have made way more sense. And then you can have um, you know, uh, not Armadillomon, uh, Ankylomon and uh, Gatomon just make like, sorry, not Ankylomon, Gatomon, Ankylomon and. What the hell? Aquilamon. Oh, Aquilamon. I don't know, that could have been like a cool flying turtle thing. I don't know. <laughs> just <laughs> something, you know? They yeah, could have had... Di- like, a dinosaur. Birds used to be dinosaurs. Just make it a bigger dinosaur. Yeah, yeah okay, perfect. I... And then if yeah. you do keep Davis and Ken, then you get their stuff, then boom, problem solved. Sure, yeah. You've we, got just re- we just made Adventure 02 perfect. Ken is O2. Like, he is by far the, the standout character from, from the show, I would say. Yeah, one, one could argue that he is the most well-developed character in this entire franchise, at least at least putting cameras sure. aside. Uh-huh. We'll have to see. I made some franchise. very good points last series. I made some very good points last series. <laughs> uh, it's definitely not me. just saying. <laughs> the entire Yoki franchise is a lot but Put, I, I, Listen, I w- listen I you'll have plenty saying... of time. You'll have plenty of time for that soapbox in about 25 minutes. Just put it away for <laughs> oh, now. Oh, I'm, I'm already ready. I've got it. I'm, it's right next to me. I'm shining it right now. <laughs> Look, if there's a top five, then I think uh, I think Mimi's definitely part of it. Um, it's no, just yeah, Ken, Ken is really good. I'm just messing around. I, I love Ken's probably arc, like the from Ken, what I remember. Uh, in, in no particular order, you're probably looking at like Ken, Mimi... Um, I'd probably say Ty's definitely up there, especially after Kazuna. Um, easy. I don't know who else. Joe. This is this is stupid. Ty's Ty's mom. I, don't know. <laughs> uh, I have I have thoughts about Joe actually because I kind of feel like a lot of the things that are brought up in Adventure kind of just get like don't really pan out for poor Joe, but um, you know whatever. Anyway, so we're, we're sort of getting off track here a bit. So, um, so but, we'll, yeah, we'll before we move on to the next episode, because I feel like we're all kind of itching to, to get to that one. Yes. There's just two more things I wanted to mention about this one that I found interesting. Yeah, go ahead. So, go ahead. first of all, in the Japanese version, this debuts a second catchphrase for Yoli, <gasps> which I didn't even realize was a catchphrase until I, until I watched these episodes in Japanese. Ooh, what is it? So, before they enter the digital world, in every episode moving forward, um, she does like her little point. And she says, "Did you destined roll out?" Oh, I love that. At least that's that's what the fan, the, the the subs I was reading said. Um, the the word that she says specifically is shutsudo, which apparently literally translates to dispatch. That's that's still really <laughs> cool. Nice. But I guess yeah, I guess Convoy. roll out would be a, an acceptable Convoy no translation. <laughs> yeah, so, that's that's fun. Yes, yeah, so there's that, what she says in every episode from now on, along with Bingo. So she she lost two catchphrases in the dub, which is a bit sad. 
Aww. Um, and the second is, at the end, in the dub, the, you know, the Emperor says that he's going to put every living thing in, in the digital world under his control. And we're going to put, put a pin in that, because that's going to be important and a bit contra- contradictory later on. Okay. Because in, in the sub, all he says is he's going to, he's going to make this world uh, bend to his will. So okay. the specific phrasing of every living thing is going to be important later on. Uh, make sure okay. to write that down for the pop quiz later. <laughs> when, you say, when you say later on, do you mean in these next in these set of three episodes, or do you mean later? No, on? I mean like, when his character arc, uh, redemption arc, starts properly. Ah, got it. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll keep an eye out for that then. Yeah, but I think with this episode, we've kind of like we, I I kind of like the the plot device for well, not the plot device, but I kind of like the the ongoing objective this sets up for the foreseeable future. I think the control spy stuff is like a fun gimmick or whatever um i don't know what to call it but it's it's like a fun like objective because you know now that the eggs are out of the way they they need a new focus and i'm glad that they have something where they just get to destroy massive monoliths <laughs> that's, that's like it's just fun seeing greymon that just just blow them up so um I don't yeah, because it works better than than just being like, "Hey, it's the Digimon Emperor," and him being like, "Oh, you won this time, did you, Dustin?" And he just disappears. Like, it works better yes, that he like is uh, committing this. Like, he's going about this grander purpose for himself in the digital world. So, I like I like the control spires. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I guess that 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 carries on into the into the next episode. So, do we want to move on to that one now, or do we want to? Do any other? Uh, last, just last one four? last thing. Uh, we got the debut of our next uh, insert song in the English version. Strange. We did. It's yes. really good. It, it uh, really whips. It whips. Okay. No. I, yeah, I do. Okay. I do like that song. We also we also got the return <laughs> of Poop, everyone's favorite uh, franchise staple. So, uh, I like how they're being led along, like in like chains and ropes, and Vegemar is just dropping poop all over them. Like that's just, oh, that's depressing. It's yeah, it's gratuitous and unnecessary, which is uh, a pretty common phrase for for <laughs> zero two. But <laughs> yeah, gratuitous and unnecessary. That's back of the box quote for the uh, for the DVD or whatever. <laughs> yeah, nine out of ten. Um... <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, so let's get on to episode 5 then? Yes, sure, go ahead. I believe Scrafty will be reading this one out. Yes, as as the number one Joe fan here, I'm going to... Hey, uh, hey. Listen, I'll, you, I'll, I'll let you have the, the Mimi fan title. We're going to have words out. Your, your performance review is coming up, and uh, we're going to have to go over <laughs> this. I just want to say, also, also, I also like, I also like Joe. But I'm not, Joe, I'm yeah, not Joe's... like you. Joe's the goodest boy. You're 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 he, the you're the easy man. I don't think anyone here likes Izzy more than you do. Yes. Yeah. No. Correct. Hundred percent. Yeah. Izzy's. Yeah. I will. I will fight for Izzy. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, yeah. So this this next episode, which is called Old Reliable in the Dub, uh, a great callback to the the last arc of adventure. Yep. Uh, and uh, destroy the dark tower in the sub. Which you, honestly, you could give that name to any episode in this arc, and it would still fit <laughs> just fine. Yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, so this one opens with the Emperor whipping a bunch of poor Gizamon that are being controlled by Dark Rings. Uh, Gomamon tries to save them, but he gets the crap beaten out of them until he's like kind of like bloodied in the floor. Like It's a bit disturbing. <laughs> and uh, he manages to drag himself to a TV, which are you know earlier established to be the way that you can connect to the real world from the digital world, uh, and sends an SOS to Joe. The rest of the Digidestin gather, plus Joe, uh, to go explore but Cody's not there yet 
because he has kendo practice with his grandpa. Uh, during his kendo practice, he he realizes that even though this is an important commitment for him, um, especially considering you know his his dad is dead and his grandpa is like the last living family that he has right now, he is you know letting people down. He's not being reliable by being there. So with his grandpa's blessing, he ditches and returns to the computer lab. Uh, just in time to make the trek to the, the digital world. They enter into the snowy area that Goma was in before, and uh, immediately they start trying to figure out how to solve the problem of the weather, which involves chopping down a bunch of trees to make a sled using some of the heat pads that Joe brought to keep warm and making their way to the Dark Tower, or the Control Spire, rather, so that they can um, destroy it. But midway through, um, they're intercepted by a squad of best boy Frigimons, who uh, give him some hassling, and due to their interference, Cody catches a cold, um, understandably, because, you know, they are literally snow creatures. And uh, Joe stays with him while the others go to destroy the spire. While they're having the little um, huddle in the the, the cave to keep warm, um, the Emperor appears with uh, Shelmon to try and stop them while the rest are away. However, they manage to defeat Shelmon once the tower is destroyed, which allows Gomamon to evolve into a Kakumon. Uh, that's when the Emperor pulls out Ebidramon, who's a gigantic shrimp dragon thing, uh, and almost takes out Digmon, but a Kakumon saves him, and yeah, they kind of win the day, uh, and Gomamon promises to protect the area before everyone returns home. And before we get into the discussion, I think it's notable to point out there was a fairly significant change in this one as well, another subplot which was altered significantly. In the, the sub, for most of this episode, Armadillomon is giving, he's very bitter to Cody because he thinks that Cody abandoned him before when he, when he showed up late. So in multiple parts in the episode leading up to the end, whenever Cody tries to like reconnect with them, he kind of snubs him or like, you know, turns up his nose at him because he sees himself as not being as worth Cody's time as as martial arts practice, Aww. which you know ultimately culminates in them reconciling and and you know Armitage evolving into Digmon to take out Shelmon. But I thought that was an interesting dynamic that was entirely excised from from the dub. Like it, it's basically just erased completely. Like when Cody first shows up at the computer lab in the sub Upamon, uh, his in training form starts kind of like ranting about how they were going just about to leave without him and that he's so, you know, he's such a wet, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? A wet noodle. <laughs> uh, like he's not, he's a, too wishy-washy and he's not able to commit to the cause. Which was dubbed over with just him saying, you made it over and over again in the dub. Hmm. Okay. See, that's, that's, that's an interesting change. So, uh, and the reason I say it's interesting is that I didn't feel like, see, I quite like this episode. I didn't think it was missing. Um, now that you point it out, it's kind of like an interesting dynamic. I'd have to see it for myself. Um, on the surface, I'm not sure that I would have enjoyed that as much because I just generally, um, like one of the highlights I wrote down was uh, I, I really like the scene where Cody comes back and Uberman is just really happy. <laughs> but it was I understand, really cute, yeah. Yeah, I understand that obviously, you know, the drama create the, that you've described there is probably more compelling overall. Um it's, it's a good yeah. kickstarting to, to Cody's character development, I feel, because seeing like the person that's literally made and destined to be his partner feeling disappointed in him is what like motivates him to do better at the end of the episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I like that part. And like even watching the dub, like, you can tell there's a lot of shots where Armadillo Monk kinda like, gives him a side eye or like turns his nose up at him that are 
either it's entirely silent in the dub or dubbed over with something like completely different and in both tone and delivery. He, uh, he just delivery. wanted to take a little nappy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. That, that scene, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, no, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a weird change. Again, I wonder why they did that. So, do you want to know like... who in this episode our good friend Red Vegemon voiced? Who, who does he voice? Oh, yes, yes. He voices Cody's grandpa. Oh. Oh, no. Okay, that <laughs> voice, that voice is probably a low point I, I, in the show, I feel okay, like. Actually, I feel like that was... I need, to, I need to know... That's not prune juice in the sub, is it? That can't be. No, it's so it's it's called choo choo jelly. Oh right, okay. Which oh yeah, I he... love Legend of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm wondering. Um, why which is why there's that, that weird part where he, he talks about it and he makes like a kissy face. It's because choo choo is also the onomatopoeia for kissing in Japanese. Right, okay. Oh. So he says okay. when Cody says what what do I do? He says looks like you need some choo choo in your life. And then Cody says no thank you. And he goes no I mean this. And he hands him the uh, the the jelly packet. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. So his voice is super racist. <laughs> I feel I feel like I, I'm just gonna go out ahead and say that like it's... this is a show filled with Japanese characters who obviously you know speak in like you know, English, sorry, American slash the occasional English accent or so on. And this dude is just, like, full-on, like, you know, Mr. Miyagi voice. Like, what? It, what? Why? Like, that's not necessary. <laughs> just because his granddad's, like, a martial arts it's... guy, it's not cool to just have him do a, you know, <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. It's, yeah. Am I am there, I over exaggerating here? There are or, shades. Or, or, there are or, shades of uh, Mickey Rooney from Breakfast at Tiffany's in this performance. So we'll, I will say <laughs> that's maybe what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Um, I ooh, like it was the a 90s. choice they made. That's for sure. <laughs> it wasn't even the 90s. Wait, was this like? Uh, it, maybe maybe it still wasn't the 90s. I don't know. But either way, it's like yeah, it's a choice and a bad one at that. Yeah, I was just like, uh, he, I, I hope his granddad doesn't appear again. <laughs> oh, oh, he does appear oh, again. Don't worry, he's he, appearing he a lot more. <laughs> oh, oh god, oh god. Okay, fine. Also, uh, uh, Wormon bringing Ken the little coat, really cute. It was yeah, very cute. I, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat. And uh, Wormon in the sub is basically entirely like he's not like oblivious, but he's he's constantly trying to convince him to drop it, like very like. Not passive aggressively, but very like gently. Like when every time, like in the dub where he would make a joke or whatever, and the sub is basically just saying like, "Let's go play, Ken," or "Let's like let's go do Aww. something else." Right. But I can't I can't huh. complain because I love I love his his dub voice and personality a lot. It's really good. It's yeah. really adorable. It suits his design a lot more as well. I feel because like Wormon that is just constantly looks like he's sad. Like he constantly looks <laughs> yeah. like he's got like like droopy eyes or whatever. Like it's not. It suits his design way more for him to be like very uh, downtrodden and yeah. You know. Giving him the droopy dog voice was a was a, yeah. a very good dubbing pick. I, I still can't believe that's Paul Saint Peter doing his voice. Like friggin' Leo Manis, the best range in the <laughs> entire show. Yeah, Digimon voice actors have crazy yeah crazy amounts of range to this yeah. day. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's it's it. Uh, Wormon, you know, as we said, Ken has a 
Ken has probably the best character arc of anyone in, in adventure, and uh, and Wormmon is uh, a big part of that as well. So, uh, yeah. yes, yes. But I, I, and you know, honestly, honestly, a, a big part of it comes from like knowing what happens next. Because when I watched the show as a kid, I didn't necessarily expect the Digimon Emperor stuff to turn into like you know Ken being a Digidestin or anything like that. But the, you know, now I know, obviously know what's coming up. It's kind of like. It makes those scenes where he's just like lashing out Wormong feel very kind of kind of sad, you know. Yeah, like I um, was I was kind of surprised they didn't cut him kicking Wormong in the face out of the dub. Like that's pretty that's pretty intense. Yeah, yeah it's the, yeah strange that they really like, want you to to know that Ken the Digimon Emperor is just a very mean bad person. I'm gonna say this is an awful double standard, and I will not I will not take it. They cut out him kicking a dog, but not him kicking a worm. That's ridiculous. I get it. I get it. I'm not saying worm. I. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying I would have made the same choice. But, but I get it. Worm rights. Worm it's, rights. It's because Wormmon's a fictional creature. I feel like it's a worm. Yeah. Worms exist. Well, it's, a, it's a. It's a fake worm. It's a monster worm. The dog was a fake dog too. They just cut out Gabumon getting punched in the face by a fictional. You know turnip or whatever the hell Vegemon's supposed to be like I don't radish yeah. sure whatever yeah like they, 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 it's not so much a double standard as they just generally don't seem to have any idea what they're doing when they, when they choose what <laughs> scenes to excise and what scenes they, they choose not to it's just a bit of a bit of a hatchet job really um so I'm gonna, I'm gonna form know. the protect Wormon squad we're, we're not gonna nope. let this poor boy come under harm oh, oh I'm no here, Wormon, I'm here with you yeah yeah we, we, I, Yes, do not hurt Wormon. He is he is good. He's a he's a good, he's, he's good, a good baby. He's good he's boy. a little Answer. he's a sweet little puppy boy. Yes, and he has some cool evolutions, which I'm really glad we got to see more of. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, like sorry, not, no. not to not to yes. get too deep into into Kazuna, but the the part where Stigmon just freaking drop kicks a an Eosmon is the, my highlight of the movie. Really good, man. Yes. Oh, all right. All right. Nip that in the board. I'm sorry for doing that, but yes, we'll, we'll, we need to have our discussion. <laughs> I think to get it, get this out of our system. Yeah. Oh, Ken also has one of the best deliveries I think in this episode, where he's like, "Wormon, I want you to make me a hot chocolate," and he sounds like so like <laughs> snooty with it, and it's yes. so hilarious. I loved it so much. He's great. Yep, he's great. Wormon for life. Ken for never. Right now, yeah. We'll, we'll get to Stephen Ken is really good. I, I liked, I liked the part at the end where Ken uh, asked what Plan B is in this scenario, and Wormon just like very innocently, innocently suggested, like we can all become friends. <laughs> I love Wormon. No! And he's like, "Don't blame me. I can't spell." <laughs> yeah, his delivery there was so good. He's like, oh, "Don't blame me. I can't spell." He's just such a delightful <laughs> character. I You're love, too I love good Wormon. at that. <laughs> yeah. It's a very good voice, yes. Oh, there's the other part. I have one second. I have one more Wormmon moment in my notes here, where when the, the, the control spire gets destroyed, and Joe says, like, they did it. They destroyed the, the control spire. And Ken says, what? And then Wormmon just repeats back exactly what he said. <laughs> I love that scene because you can tell they're trying to fit it in, like, as quickly as they can, like, with the, like, mouth flaps and stuff. And, and it's just, like, very rushed. <laughs> It's, it's it's great that kind of yeah. just adds to it. It's like he said, it's a, it's a, I don't know what he said. It's a figure of speech. Yeah, yeah, very very good. I enjoy that. I enjoy their dynamic. Same. Yes, this oh, episode also... though, I enjoy. Can, can I just say, I really enjoyed the 
Joe and Cody dynamic here. Like I've said before that yeah. I think it was the last episode. I really enjoy the mentorship sort of role that the that the original kids have taken up. Like Sora and and Izzy in the uh, last Digieg episode, episode three. Um, but this was really good here. Like I really enjoyed having Joe and and uh, Joe. I was going to say Mimi then. Joe and Cody, um, you know, forming that kind of bond. And I like that they don't lean in too hard. In like, obviously here it's about Cody's reliability, which is Joe's crest. And I think later on we do see Cody get the egg of reliability. But they don't do it here. Like they let it. They don't like completely bludgeon you over the head with the fact that this is, this is you know about Cody being reliable and such. Like they just, you know, let it be without having him get the egg at the end. <laughs> so uh, I, yeah, I kind of like that choice. Next episode, especially guilty with just like really hammering home what the one of the the kids assigned traits are. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I guess I. I'm not sure I picked that up, but yes, I I get. I think it makes sense now. Now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it, um, yeah. Next episode, this one though. Uh, I, I guess we have to talk about. Sorry, sorry, slow. I did interrupt you earlier. Sorry. Go no, ahead. it's okay. Uh, I just wanted to know. Um, is the the part where Joe's like show him the old Gomamon charm and Gomamon just starts trying to tell jokes? Is that the same in the sub? Because that felt like it would have worked, but I feel like that wasn't the case. <laughs> No, um, in 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 the sub, he he basically says, um, "You should go lure lure Shelmon away." Oh, like I like, no, I like the dub version more because it feels like it fits so much. And Joe just deadpanning like, "That's <laughs> the great Gomamon charm. Your jokes are not very good, buddy. <laughs> it works yeah, so, so well yes. in the dub." Yeah, that, that, that's and still a great fit. The the scene right before that, I, I really liked in the sub as well because this is the part where. Uh, like so Cody and Joe have had their little uh, like kind of heart to heart, and um, you know Cody told them about his his grandfather and how he had to leave his kendo practice earlier than he intended to to go there, and he feels guilty because he left his kendo practice early to be here, and now he's sick and he can't do anything. So he has just let down both people, his grandpa and the you know the friends. And Armadillo One's kind of sitting and listening to this, and after you know he finishes the conversation with Joe, he goes up to Cody and apologizes to him like point blank. He just says, "I'm I'm sorry, I didn't know that you you know skipped out on something so important to you to be here." And then uh, Iori says, "Oh, it's okay. I wanted to come anyway." And they kind of like hug, and it's very sweet. Aww, who, who is Iori? This is a this is a dope. No, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, that's actually a good question. Um, is there any? That makes me think of what's hopefully a good question. Um, is there any distinct differences between like Cody and Iori, I guess, or, or you know, dub Cody and some Cody? In terms of personality, or yeah, similar to like the Davis. Uh, uh, it's differences. It's definitely closer. Like it's definitely more of a, a close like match compared to Davis to Daisuke, which is like like we said before, like, basically different characters. Right. In the in the Japanese version, he's a lot more stiff and formal, I guess. Like. He definitely inherits that from Izzy, as they said at the end of the episode, that he's kind of a mix of Izzy and Joe, where he's got some of Joe's neuroses, but also Izzy's, like, ridiculous form, uh, formal polite, like politeness. They literally yeah. say this in the episode, don't yeah. they? Like, they, <laughs> like they, they're, not, they're not subtle about that, which... Yeah, fine. so he, he's, like, he's, he's awkward, but not awkward because, like, he's shy or whatever. It's just because he, he's trying to speak like an old person, basically, even though he's just a kid. Mm. Like, he... Right. 
his mannerisms are, are extremely formal, like the kind of thing you would you would say when you're talking to you know your superior um, in the workplace rather than you know your your best friends. Yeah, that that um, tracks. Okay. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very much. Uh, they are the same character. <laughs> it's what I'm concerned, like yeah. based on what you what you said so far. Yeah, like I don't, yeah. not a whole lot changed. I think the the biggest difference overall is, I guess Cody's he's presented as being a bit more like blunt in the dub versus Iori in the sub, who's not. He's less. He, I guess he's more evasive than than blunt. Like if someone asked him to speak honestly he's in the dub he would mostly just kind of like you know say very frankly what he thinks whereas yeah, in the sub he yeah. would just kind of like avoid the question or um find some polite way to decline yeah and it'll be just seem like a character who has like not as much of a filter you know it's similar to a kid his age you know he hasn't said enough stuff he said just enough stuff to like sort of be shy about, <laughs> about speaking but not enough stuff to you know necessarily have been utterly embarrassed yet if you know what i mean it's it's yeah he's he's he definitely makes an impression as the youngest feeling of any of the digidestined even he's even distinct from like tk in the original adventure because like tk felt more like you know i am babby <laughs> whatever he was very sort of <laughs> cody feels very different in that sense like he's i guess he's older than tk but he's uh sorry he's older than tk was but he's not. I think he's about. Uh, I think he's about the same age because he's younger yeah. than Yoli is. Fair enough. Okay. I find it strange that he's hanging out with these kids at all. But <laughs> well, besides the, the only reason, I think know, the only reason he Yole, is, yeah, is because he's friends with Yoli because they live in the same building. Yeah, I feel like Cody kind of inherits Joe's like really deadpan, like straight man, like personality of like people will make joke and then like Cody will play it straight like completely, and it actually works kind of well. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's an, he's an, he's an interesting one. Like, I don't know. Like, and I yeah, think I, I, I the... wish I wish I wish they did more with Cody in this yeah. series. And, and I, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I do he feel is... like of of the main three, he's the one that has the most development, just because of the connection he has to a later villain. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, like I, obviously, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen Daisuke all the way through, so I could I could change my mind on that. But at least from what I've seen, he does get some interesting stuff later on. It's just very backloaded. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I I I I remember thinking Cody when I was younger was just like the absolute like most boring character of like the and I'm bringing a part of that is his visual design is so plain. Like he is he has by far the plainest look like both in and out of the digital world of any of them and uh you know he's he's got this traditional background he's kind of sore alike in that fashion you know he's 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 not very hip let's say but as you know we're watching it now that's obviously that's not really a problem for me <laughs> so yeah yeah also I, for, I forgot to mention but in the japanese version they explicitly say that the place he goes to practice kendo with his grandpa is the police dojo so screw no him. screw this boy <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, uh, Cody is great. That's our difference then. Cody is is a, is a good boy. <laughs> okay. Um, Ayori is a cop. So fuck Ayori. Um... In in both <laughs> versions, his his dad was a cop and his and his grandpa was a cop as well. So oh, no. Well, you know, his dad's dead. So it's a hog lineage. <laughs> I've just ruined this podcast. Davis just <laughs> is going over to Yoli when they're in high school. Like, hey, Yoli, want to smoke some weed? Don't tell the narc. Like, right in front of Cody. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's why you only moved to Spain in uh, in less evolution because you know, she wanted to get away from the narc and the friend group. <laughs> yes. She wanted to party. Why don't you want to party hard without having to worry about this guy freaking reporting her to the feds? Honestly, she wasn't even in Spain. Like she was in. I swear she was in Barcelona, which is well, that is technically Spain. That's in Spain. Not in Spain. That's Catalonia. It's the whole thing. So yeah, look it up. Um, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm an American, so I don't know world geography. I don't even know the geography of my own country. I'm just stupid. I literally went to Barcelona this year, so um, I before before uh, lockdown before, before the COVID, troubles. Yeah, well, it was literally as they began. It was in like February, March. Like it was, it was the beginning of March, and it was just like, oh well, I'm going to enjoy this because uh, I get the sense I'm not going to be going anywhere else this year, and, and I was 100 <laughs> correct. So, but we'll save we'll save Barcelona facts again for that uh, for that upcoming uh, LEK uh, episode. Um, I guess we can't we have to mention the Fujimon because that's one part I didn't like about it is the Fujimon being oh evil. yeah, our, yeah our sweet boys. Yes, no, they they were not sweet in this episode. They were very, very uncool. Quite sour. If you pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, I don't like that. Because uh, Fujimon, it's been a bad week for Fujimon because, again, they they also make a less than favourable appearance in L.E.K. as well. Like, there was, there has been multiple things I've watched this week with Fujimon being uh, oh, and, uh... heel turn. So... Not and a few weeks ago in Digimon Adventure Colon, they also made a less than favorable appearance. So no. someone at Toei is doing some Fridgemon smear, and <laughs> we can't have this. They've been slowly f- smearing Fridgemon. <laughs> They're like, okay, one week in 2020, um, these idiots are going to A, make a podcast, <laughs> and B, be talking about this 102 episode. So we need to make sure all this other Fridgemon stuff lines up. Uh, they almost did it for adventure. They were a few weeks off, but there we go. No, that's yeah. It's just I don't know. If Fijim- look, Fijimon had to turn eventually. He all all Digimon go through a bad phase, and his his was well overdue. So you know his rebellious it, teenage years. They all they all do a heel turn to put over whoever the the current protagonists are. <laughs> yeah, true. That's yeah, that's, that's half of Data Squad. Half of Data Squad is just the the good Digimon from season one getting heel turned so yeah. that they can put new Agumon over. Oh no. No. I don't like that. Fridgemon, please. We're not, co- we're not covering saves. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to okay. get there eventually. We will, eventually. But we've got we've got this series to we get through, to go which first. will take a toll. We've got Tamers, which should uh, you know give us a boost. And then we've got Frontier, which uh, Scrafty may not make it through. But we'll, you know. Uh, we'll, we'll, none of us we'll will make it through Frontier. I, I, I think I will. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not prepared, and I'm sure I'll just be like, well, you know. But uh, you've got the dread. So, um, do we want to take a quick break before we move on to the next episode? Unless anyone else has any yeah. other thoughts about this one? Yeah, let's. Well, uh, no, just. Uh, oh, I love Joe, and he brought such like a levity to this, a strange levity to this episode, and just him being the best boy. Yes. And yeah, this episode. He's all he's, uh, he's a he's a strange boy, but he's a good boy. He's a good boy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So uh, we'll take a break, and we'll be back pretty soon to finish off with episode six. Hey, it doesn't really matter who you are. You might as well be a superstar. Cause everything is going way too far.
And we are back. We took a little bit of a break, but we're going to get heavy on. Heavy on? I don't know. Uh, we're we're going to cover episode six now, and I've been very much looking forward to covering this. Did you, did you mean to say we're coming in hot and heavy? Because it feels like that's yeah. what uh, the discussion of this episode is going to be. I, I guess maybe I don't really know what I was going for. It's gonna, I was gonna say like we're we're coming in hot, but it's I fine. don't know. You you, you were looking for uh, a segue. Way... You were looking for a segue, and it didn't work out. It happened to the best of us. It did, it did <laughs> not work out. Look, don't, I'm, don't, I'm not don't worry about it. this. Don't worry about it. Uh, we, we've got this far. I think you, I think you were right at this, but yeah, let, let's move on. <laughs> episode six is a Mimi episode, so we all oh, know no. why I'm excited. So do we want to get into this then? If yeah, we have let's to. just hop, hop right in. So, episode six, Family Picnic. Uh, Mimi, who, as we all know, moved to America uh, some time ago, is coming to visit in Japan. And she passes... What basically happens is the Digida- the new Digidestant have all decided to have a picnic in the digital world because it's their day off. So, they're all up and getting ready. They're getting their things together. We see Yoli's, uh, the first time in her family at the convenience store that she gets all her stuff from. And she is getting a bunch of food. Like, they're all getting everything ready together for a very good picnic in the digital world. And they all sneak into the school's computer lab on the day off school. And Mimi just drops on by because they left the gate open. She's like, oh, well, the gate was open. I thought I would drop on in and see what was happening. And so they're all... uh, TK and Kari are super hyped to see her because Mimi's back. And they introduce Mimi to uh, Davis, Cody, and Yoli. And they head off to the digital world for a picnic. There are no control spires in the area that they're going to. So it's just a nice, a nice little day to relax. They go, they go hiking. Uh, there's some usual little banter, uh, Davis sort of being Davis. And as they're, they're, they settle down, get their food, uh, pass it all out. A sushi roll for Hawkmon rolls away because Armadillomon just yeets it at him. Hawkmon goes to chase it, Yoli chases Hawkmon, and they disappear. So Mimi goes after to find them, and also just falls in a giant pit out of nowhere, basically. It ends up in the Night Forest, a area that is under the control of a control spire. So what they see once Mimi finally awakens is the old Dotamon and Gekomon that were the ones that served Mimi when she was a princess in the Shogun Gekomon Palace. But they all have dark rings, so they start charging after Mimi and Yoli, who end up hiding thanks to Palmon saving them with Poison Ivy. And we have a really a really sweet reunion between Palmon and Mimi where they're hugging, talking about how happy they are, and they're crying. But then the Digimon Emperor sends in the Rochmon brothers, and they sort of start fighting with each other and end up attacking the group of four, Mimi, Palmon, Yoli, and Hawkmon, who are running away. And they use the Rosemont brothers' uh, arguments and stupidity to their advantage to destroy the control spire. Uh, they have Halsamon, who armored, Hawkmon armored Javalta Halsamon, fly up. Mimi shines a light in their face, so they crash in the control spire. Palmon digivolves into Togemon to get rid of the dark rings and destroy the control spire and they have their fun little banter before they find davis and the others and they return to the real world and before they go yoli says how she wants to be as cool as mimi one day and that that was it and ken is still uh, very mad that the 
New Destined are getting getting one over on him. But before we get any further, I have some really interesting lore that I had been waiting months to talk about, if that's okay with you two. Bust a dose, sister, let's hear it. Okay, so this has to do with one of the audio uh, CD dramas, Digimon Adventure Original Story, Two and a Half Year Break. And so what this what this CD drama does is it covers between the end of Adventure and like before Adventure 02 begins. So from uh, November 1999 through March 2002, it covers different segments of six of the original Digidestined, of course, not counting Kari or TK. And so Mimi's is called Video Mail. And in it, she talks about how she is settled in New York City and she's talking about her experience through a video mail, how she's made lots of friends. And she starts talking about uh, indigenous tribes and how they had totem poles that protected them, similar to uh, Shigore in Japan. I don't know if I pronounced that right. I hope I did. And I'm sorry if I didn't. And she wonders if Digimon were around before the creation of the computer network and perhaps in the form of totem poles. It's kind of weird. But the interesting thing that's kind of heavy and... Uh, she describes her experiences with the 9-11 attacks on the World Trade Center. Huh. And she talks about how she met other Digidestined helping to clear away rubble and find survivors and helping carrying away the injured and cooking with her mother for the rescuers. But 9-11 is canon in Digimon. Granted, is... this audio CD was released April, late April of 2003, so technically this isn't canon yet as of this episode, but nonetheless, uh, Dang, that's, Mimi that's was heavy. a first responder. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a lot. Like, I, I can't remember the, the full, um, like, the translation. I only went through it, like, once. But it's basically uh, Mimi talked about how she saw all of it. Like, there is the sound of an explosion in the, in the CD drama. I am uh, okay. Silence. I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm just gonna put a pause on this because a. Um. One. Say a one. First thing. Uh. My initial reaction to that, which was very, very much me going, oh no, a whole bunch was missed because I muted my microphone. So I'm an, I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> but yes, very much my initial reaction. As soon as you said it recounts her experiences at 9/11, I was like, oh no. <laughs> so just want to put that out there. Um, secondly, this really recontextualizes a lot of the giant monster attacks that mash up yeah. buildings and shit that happen in the Digimon world. Like, I feel like 9-11, obviously, obviously a horrific event, regardless of whether you're talking about a fictional example of it or, or the real thing. But, like, this is, I feel like that might slightly pale a bit in comparison to, like, the giant sea dragon that was in the tokyo river uh like that i mean do, it's do, still do, do, you see where do you see where i'm coming there's still a lot yeah but like i mean i don't know that's okay this is this is a lot i'm struggling to i'm struggling to process it... this um you know what you know what i'm thinking of i'm thinking of the fucking robert patterson film remember me <laughs> it just doesn't yeah that just has it at the very end it's just like it just has him on like the 60th floor, whatever the fuck, of the World Trade Center on, it's on so 9 funny. 11. So, that, that, that yeah. entire so the movie came out in 2010, the entire, so only nine years, yep. only nine years after the tragedy. Um, 
<laughs> Way too soon. And within... So the entire movie is like a really cliched love story. And... Yes. It's a Robert Pattinson, like, Twilight era film. Yeah. So before Robert Pattinson, um, you know, busted out of that mold Ooh, okay. and became a really awesome, like, slightly insane actor. <laughs> before... Before, uh, before Pat yeah, but, yeah, yeah, before before he started going uh, off the wall, but yeah, during this period in time in his career when he was mostly doing like really cliched romances and whatever, he, yeah, he he like he started this movie called Remember Me, extremely um, you know generic uh, romantic comedy type movie. Throughout the yep. entire movie, he keeps talking about how he wants to you know um, follow his dad's wishes and work, go work at his company so that he can have a stable future or whatever. And the entire movie, they never mention like what year it is. But then on the on the last episode, or the last uh, part of the movie rather, he he calls his girlfriend from from his dad's work, and his girlfriend's a teacher, and they have a little nice little conversation. And then she hangs up and goes to walks into the classroom and writes the date in the board. And it says September eleven two thousand one. Oh my god, that's <laughs> that's something. Okay, Sloane, when editing this episode, cut out me just giving away the whole plot point straight away. I'm like. Please just just go with Scrafty's explanation because holy shit! Like yeah, that that's it's the wildest thing. It's like it's so, like up there with that one Will Smith movie where he kills himself via jellyfish in his bathtub. Like it's it's just one of the weirdest yeah. movie twists of all time for something for a film that just shouldn't have that at all. Like, yeah. So the, the last the last shot of the movie is him hanging up the phone and then the camera zooms out to show the World Trade Center and it's like you use nine eleven as a plot twist, <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah. Like, just to be clear, in this Mimi audio drama, that's not what happens, right? As in, it's not using no. 9-11 as like a plot twist or anything like that. Or as like a, no, it's, a it's basically she's talking about her time in New, in New York and in America right. so far. It talks about uh, her thoughts about uh, the creation of like the Digimon before there were computers because of the uh, the totem poles or the Shigore. And... Right. Uh, she talks about this, her school and her new friends, and then it. She talks about how her 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 and her parents were far away from the World Trade Center, but she could hear like there. It's not meant to be a plot. It's just going from this thing to this next thing. So I, I of course I haven't listened to it, so I can't necessarily. I'm just going off the translation I found, but sure, sure. It's basically her talking about like oh she she heard the sound of the buildings. It's it's pretty dark, but she talks about also yeah. how she met other uh the other chosen children that in america like for the first time so but yeah hmm. i finding this out i've been waiting to talk about this for a while because i just find it so morbidly fascinating no that, that i do not i do not blame you one bit yeah like that's, <laughs> for wanting to put this out that's like, such okay a for reference weird... um you have the other ones uh ties is talking about uh kari's whistle and thinking about the digital world joe's is um talking to his older brother shin about um and it's where he he decides he wants to become a digimon doctor sora sure. sends a letter to her father who we'll see later on izzy is talking to jenai via email matt is talking to his father on the phone while he's practicing the bass and talking about how he finds out his father used to be in a band and how TK and his mom will be moved to a dive. And then there's Mimi talking about 9-11. And it's, <laughs> that's, that's just a, That's a... Of all the people on the original Digidestin crew, I, look, I get it, she went to America, but, like, I feel like talking about, you know, one of the most, like, politically, like, socially devastating events of the 21st century, 
isn't exactly meme territory. I feel like meme territory is more like more happy go lucky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm not that's I not mean, a junk on Mimi. Mimi is Mimi is a very carefree breaks down in Adventure 01 cuz everyone's dying. Yeah, but like that's even more that's even more fuel. Like you've already you've already proven that Mimi doesn't sort of she she does deal with trauma. I was gonna say she doesn't deal with trauma well, but that's not fair. Like she just she obviously is very heavily hit by that sort of thing. So to have her then go through this, you know, real life tragedy which you could have just excised entirely from your fictional universe is insane. <laughs> to be quite frank. I feel like yeah. if it was like Matt or someone, maybe they would have taken it. I feel like Matt's the tragic character. Like I feel like he's he's the one that deals with all the heavy hitting stuff and all that. Like I could almost sort of see it. I'm still I'm still very much in the camp of like why though? <laughs> why so, why have that part? You're writing this <laughs> fictional universe. Just don't include nine eleven. Like <laughs> you could just do that. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that makes me kind of like wow. Because again, this was released in two thousand three. Like, this was nearly two years. This is like a year and a half after. Yes! I could have decided exactly. not to. But I also, and I'm not trying to make light of the situation, of course, but I find it kind of fascinating in a very morbid way that they include it in an audio drama CD after That's the weird. fact. Yeah, it's... Honestly, again, this is this is a bit morbid, but I, I'm wondering how, like... Whenever they mention this kind of like major world event in in series with very different worlds than ours, it makes me wonder like, is it bad world building to not have any major events changed by you know huge diverges divergences in the timeline? Like in this world where Sturka, you know, nineteen ninety nine, giant monsters came out of portals and started attacking things, and um, you know the Japan was almost nuked by an American missile uh, because of the Y two K bug and all that, like. All of this happened, but none of that changed, like, the, the world's ultimate fate, I guess. Like, yeah, I feel like the part where the US almost nuked Japan would have had... Okay, if you want to take this seriously, um, which I guess we're, we're, it's we are, a, we're it's excited a, it's a to lot. do, then, then you can say that, like, the events that caused 9-11 to happen would still have happened in the Digimon world. Like, the, you know, Japan almost getting nuked by the US or something like that wouldn't have really changed events. It wouldn't have changed, you know, like, the, the tensions caused from the Gulf War. <laughs> stuff like that. I can't believe we're having this discussion. But that doesn't mean you have to include it. Like, you yeah. you can just pretend it, just it doesn't. You just, better, better still, just don't mention it. Leave it up to the audi- me, audience's interpretation. I guess it makes me feel like um, in that, that terrible movie written by a complete monster, Bright, that came out a few years ago, the Orc Cobble <laughs> oh, with no. Will Smith. Um, at, one point, yes. at one point, a character mentions the Alamo, and this is a universe in which magical fantasy creatures like orcs and elves and whatever have, have existed alongside humanity for, like, since the dawn of time, as far as we're aware. Like, for as long as, as, as humankind can remember. So, yeah. all this changes, like, all this change, there's so much, uh, you know, different goings-on in this universe, but the Alamo still happened? Like, it, it's so... It's such a weird incongruous thing to be like. It feels like a battle world building to, to think that you have this your own original world, but you're so dependent on using real life events or um, you know, historical happenings to provide context to your characters that you can't comprehend a world where those didn't happen. 
Yeah. I would just, yeah. I would, but I'm also... I would, yeah, like, I just feel like this is kind of how this makes me feel so as well, strange. is that, like, they couldn't think of a way to have Mimi... You know, they felt like they had they had to address it. If she's in New York circa 2001, you have to talk about 9-11. And it's like, you, you, you don't, don't have though. to. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to. Like, you can have her... If you want to talk about, you know, some disaster happening or whatever, like, just you can talk about how a Digimon attacked and she had to clean up... Like, she had to, you know, as the Digidestin in New York had to clean up afterwards and, you know, was responsible for helping people who got injured and whatever. Like, there, there are ways to approach this with sensitivity without losing the, the plot, for lack of a better word. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Cause... I'm not even saying that, like, obviously, you know, even Sloan, you're the, you're the one here who's read that, this, you know, that background. Scrafty may have done as well, but, but you're the one recounting it here, Sloan. I, I was unaware, no, I did not know this existed. You, you weren't aware, right? I, I, okay. I have wanted to Brilliant. make sure to keep this under wraps for both of you, because I have Fair wanted enough. to Splow bring on this incredibly wild Tachikawa lore. Yeah, so, like... My first thought here is that, like, I haven't listened to the audio drama. Maybe it's handled well. I mean, maybe it's something where they're like, they, you know, they discuss the topic with the appropriate amount of sensitivity and such, and and you know, it's not just like a weird. I'm a slightly off put by the idea of it being like a launching pad for her to meet these other Digimon related people. Like, if he if she said she made like, you know, new friends because of it, I'm sure that happened to a lot of people in New York. Like, they, you know bonded through grief and stuff like that i'm sure that happened but like that's sort of off-putting if it's like oh they met these new digestion people and it's like Mush. there's oh god there's so much to unwrap here and i just feel like yeah they would have just been better off not bothering i don't necessarily think that it's bad world building to still yeah. include these events in the case of this specific thing here because ultimately it is a contemporary piece of media that was created and set around the turn of the century so i feel like it's a it's just in the right it's just in the right place at the wrong time if, if that makes sense or oh, the wrong place at the wrong time i don't know like it i, I can sort of understand no, how this happened and i don't think it's bad war building to feel like this should be a thing but like i just feel like the option was always there to just not bother yeah. i mean if they tried to put this in the show it would have been shot down instantly so like oh, you know. i'm not one to say that you can't you know talk about 9-11 in media or even joke about 9-11 in media like one of my favorite jokes is talking about how ted ted cruz jerked it to incest porn on 9-11 <laughs> which which really happened that's you can look that up but actually did happen shouts to cory chase um yeah <laughs> but, um yeah like i'd like to announce in, the cancellation this... of the novacast effective immediately <laughs> As it were, I'm, 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 I have control of the title cards. I'm calling this episode Ted Cruz Jerked It to Porn on 9-11. We're not calling it uh, that. No, and, no. No, absolutely um, not. But yeah, like, I just feel like, it, yeah, like, the specific time frame when it came out, like, when, you know, the rubble is still there. Like, they have not cleared away the, this, you know, Ground Zero by 2003. It, it, it's just absolutely correct. It just feels yes. like, yeah, it just feels like it's, it's capitalizing on a very, very recent trauma because it's not like the, the, the thing about yeah. 9-11 like keeping yeah. in mind what i just said about you know I don't, I'm not, I don't have anything against people talking about it or um you know m making it a part of your media or your story or whatever it was a yeah. an international trauma like i am canadian and i still remember the fallout from post 9-11 like i remember i remember you know, i remember watching that shit on tv and i was like yeah. what 2001 yeah. before and i mean it has how old was i, I, it I, faced I was a lot of i was eight years old world events racism that people has faced etc etc like oh, yeah. it's its effects were massively reaching yeah. 
the after effects of 9-11 are still being felt to this day. Exactly, uh, yeah. yeah. They, they like, will inform decisions that people make when they go into the voting booth next month in America. Like, yeah, exactly. It, it feels like... It, I don't want to say too soon that it's overdone, but it it feels like to, to, to capitalize on, on that kind of you know, contemporary uh, shared trauma so soon after said trauma occurs it just feels in a, weirdly inappropriate to me. I, I don't yeah, know. I, 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 I would say at, at, at the very least, it's incredibly pretentious. Like, I would say having this story that you're telling, which is, look, we love Digimon. We're talking about it all these years after the fact. That much is clear. Uh, and, you know, they are still continuing to do great moving stuff with the media with the with the with, you know, the story in the universe like after evolution kazuna and you know the new series and stuff like you know digimon survive looks like it's mining that sort of well but this is just a different sort of like we've you know we feel like our digimon story can handle topics like this is like no no stay in your lane <laughs> like there is so much that digimon is good at and a lot of that is in spite of the fact that it's about a monster like monster collecting monster raising like multimedia thing but that does not include this sort of thing like know your know your role i feel like is the key takeaway here um and yeah this 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 just this just blows my mind i think i've i think i've finally processed it and i'm just sort of like I, I just I'm just sort of like rolling my eyes. I think is is the key takeaway here is like no. You know what? They, they, uh, they should next have known week, better. Once once this episode is out, I'll post the link to the translation on our Twitter, and so any if yeah. anyone can read it and and see what they think because it is like I said, it's it's morbidly it's strangely morbidly fascinating in a way. And you know what? They it's canon to the media, uh, whether we like it or not. So Yeah. I mean like And you know what should, the, the other clarify. the other ones are, are very like sweet and nice too. So I think they're worth reading. But yeah, yeah we, I'll, we should, I'll post that. Uh, we should clarify that this is not like uh, uniquely capitalizing on on 9/11. Like there there were made for TV oh, movies that came out like a year after the tragedy that were you know capitalizing off of it in North America like yes right there's one that I, I I've rewatched a few times called a uh, 9/11 day uh, moment of I think it's called day of crisis or moment of crisis one, one of those two but it is hilariously bad and it features way too much unintentional sexual tension between Dick Cheney and George, George W Bush oh god like there oh I remember I remember like yeah, Charlie Brooker who before he started doing Black Mirror um he did like so many different like TV review type shows in the UK and I remember him featuring that on one of his shows once and yeah it's very much pointing out the uh, the sexually charged energy between <laughs> between those two actors uh, yeah it was uh, yeah, it like, was uh, there, yeah. there's a scene yeah, there's a scene where where Bush grabs Cheney by the shoulders and there's like massaging his shoulders and says from now on I'm going to need you by my side all the time <laughs> and it's like <laughs> It is it is so hilariously unintentionally gay, yeah. and like <laughs> coming from like considering that those are two two of the most homophobic politicians yeah. in the United States, that it makes it extra funny. But sure, um, yeah. what makes it yeah like that that was that was an American production like on on home soil doing yeah, you yeah. know capitalizing on nine eleven a year after it happened. So I don't think this is unique at all. I don't want to condemn this for doing it. Um, yeah, I just think that it's yeah it's a it's a bizarre topic for this, like you said, this, this monster collecting <laughs> series for children to cover. Maybe they were doing like a Matt Tai thing where they were just completely oblivious to all the like <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> erotic energy. 
from what I from what I looked at on this first. So yeah, it's still a beard. So uh, Ken's her beard. Yeah. Wait, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll confirm that. I completely forgot. Yeah, she does. She she marries Ken. I completely yeah. forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That that Woo. epilogue sure did happen. Sorry for spoilers if you're watching O2 for the first time. Yeah, the epilogue doesn't count. No. <laughs> it's, it's not important. Also, I mean, there was like, like I feel like there was like zero hints of that in um, <laughs> in Casino as well. So good job for them for not. Maybe they hadn't gotten together yet. Maybe they're taking a break. <laughs> Yoli's uh-huh. Yoli's in, in in Barcelona. She's living her best life. She's being a baddie. Eating lots of paella. Yeah. Oh yeah, I that guess. was. I guess. <laughs> I guess so because this this episode is weird in that well not weird but it's like oddly explicit for the time when it was made well even to, even today I feel like for a kids TV show to just be like the 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 the, the girl character is very much saying that she is uh, head over heels for the other girl character is they didn't even remotely try to like pretend Wait, do that they, wasn't do, what she does, was saying. Does Yoli call Mimi her beautiful sister in the sub too? She does is not. Still... She just calls her beautiful. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah, I feel so like saying like you're you're like a sister. I wish I had or whatever is like the one thing that the dub tries to do to try and like quote unquote censor it. But given the visuals on display here, there is zero ambiguity <laughs> as, as to what Yoli <laughs> thinks about yeah. Mimi. Like. Thematically, it works given the episode and the the Roachmon brothers, but also like Yoli is not heterosexual. I think we I think we can all agree <laughs> on that firmly. There is yep. no possible way. There is no possible explanation. I totally forgot about all this. So, but yes, it one hundred percent makes sense. Absolutely. So, yes. do you, uh, do you folks know who voices the uh, the antagonist of the episode, the Roachmon brothers? No, I I actually don't. Our very good friends. Jeff Nimoy and Bob Eucholtz. Oh, they do? Yep. I love ha. that. They have they have descended cool. from upon high to grace us with their presences. That's, That's so great. good. That's great. I That's great. I really enjoyed the Roachmon brothers. Yeah, they were yeah. goofy. They were, yeah, they were, they were fun. Oh, well, what are they like in the soap? Because I get the feeling that so, they might be like a Japanese comedy duo or something. This is it's actually really interesting because um they get the same idea across in both despite huge cultural differences. So in the sub while they're under control of the Dark Rings, the way they talk to each other is extremely polite and formal. Like, it's a, it's a speech... According to my research, it's a speech pattern that's only usually only reserved to speaking to a sibling, like someone you're really close with. Okay. Um, and that's the reason why Yoli and, and Mimi realize, oh, they must be brothers. Because they don't announce themselves as the Roachmon brothers. They just call themselves, we're, 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 we're the Roachmon squad, essentially. Okay. And so they're they're hmm. they're polite almost to a fault. Like they 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 kind of like go like after you. No, I insist after you. Well, they're okay. deciding who's going to attack got first. It. Got it. Yeah. And then when the ring breaks, they start arguing and going at each other's throats, and they realize, <laughs> oh, they were nicer when they were brain controlled. <laughs> Whereas the dub goes in the opposite direction and has them brain like they has them still arguing and going at each other's throats while they're brain controlled, which you know leads to the punchline of oh, I guess some things don't change even with mind control. <laughs> those are two. Those are two good jokes. Yeah, so they're. they're I enjoyed both of those. Distinct yet, yet both funny jokes. Yeah, I like that. I was waiting for Mimi to like throw garbage at them. Yeah, especially since <laughs> uh, during her funny like joke Digimon analyzer scene, one of her one of her uh, signature moves is is uh, noted as poop grab. Wait, really? Oh, I love that. 
Yeah, that scene was strange. Like having her get the Digimon analyzer. It just it it's just cute, felt like but also her, like, it feels like they it was there an whatever, sentence. Like... She's like, Don't think I'm just a strawberry blonde beauty who knows she's beautiful. It's like, is that the end of the thought? Like <laughs> that's that's not a complete sentence, I don't think. But it's okay. Like the, it's like that comic of the snake. It's like, listen, I may be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, just don't think that. She's just asking you not to think that. Yeah. So Oh, don't think she's just Okay, that. I mean, don't yeah. judge a book by its cover. I guess. We've just, all you learned know, that don't, about don't, Mimi. Don't put Mimi Tachibana in the corner. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought this was a, a, a fun episode. Um, I, yeah. I really enjoy the fact that... I, I don't, like... I don't think that Bob Buchholz voices many characters compared to Jeff Nimoy, who voices at least a couple of regulars. So, um, seeing him, like descend from from his uh, his writer position to to lend his voice to this this duo is is very very fun to me i i love the the dynamic that they okay. have and i've okay so uh can i interrupt real quick uh just interject to bring up who else bob bucolts has voiced who's sure. that he he has only voiced one of the Rochemont brothers and then uh tk and matt's uncle al in the english dub of digimon the movie oh that's the, fun. the guy on the mo- that's it huh. that's all he's voiced fair enough Solid turns there from Bob. I get the feeling the Roach brothers might represent the relationship that him and Jeff had in the had his room at times. <laughs> I'm just yeah. I'm maybe I'm just leaning into things a bit too much, but yeah. maybe they were more in harmony than 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 I'm I'm thinking. But um, yeah, no, that's uh, it was that's interesting. Uh, that I really enjoyed them. Like they they were uh, I I like this episode a lot for obvious reasons, but they were a, a they were a big part of it. And knowing yeah, that it's Jeff and Bob, it just makes it all the much more better. They're a fun antagonist, and there was one thing that I wanted to ask you both about, though, just to double check. Um, so I'm watching the dub on the, the DVDs that I have, which, uh, as far as I'm aware, are just recordings of the original broadcast because they they still have like the TV rating uh, in the corner, but blurred out. Right. <laughs> and it, you know, it had the scenes that were cut out of ones that that you'd watched earlier, Tom, like the mentions to the of the terrorist attack and. Yes. Right. The uh, the uh, Heightened View Terrace episode and everything. Yes. In this episode, did they keep in or cut out the shot of the two Richmond brothers actually crashing into the control spire? Oh, they. they, they I saw they, that. I'm pretty sure. I feel like I didn't see it. Yeah, because in my in my version, they it's it, it's cut out. Like they, you see them flying towards it, and the next shot is Palmon digivolving. There's there's no in between. Yeah, it, it's some weird. Yeah, some weird editing editing that and, is. I thought, yeah, I'm thinking maybe, like, speaking well, of 911, maybe that yeah. was cut because of it. Yeah. That would make sense. I, I think I had it, but I'm not, I need to start taking notes of, like, the stuff with the control spires, because I feel like those are going to be where the edits, where some pretty big edits are going to be coming in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Again, yeah, we keep coming back to 911. <laughs> I don't <laughs> enjoy it. But I guess that's yeah, the curse of it makes, me, a show. it makes me wonder, Made. like, it is... I looked wow. it up. These episodes aired in September 2000, so this batch of yeah. episodes. So literally one year before, you know, before it happened. Um, right. I feel like if if you know this had aired a year later, they wouldn't have been able to do an entire arc about destroying you know big spire like towers. Yeah. No, no, they wouldn't have. So it's yeah, it's just it's it's interesting. Like I I, I didn't see that kind of censorship before because it's like you know it's not like it's super violent or whatever the kind of thing that they usually would cut out in the dub. But that was conspicuously missing from the version I watched, which you know to my uh, knowledge were previously just the original broadcast versions. Yeah, I'll have to check again because I could have sworn it shows them like hit it, but I don't. I cannot remember. But yeah, like 
I can only imagine, like, when it came to syndication, the edits that they had to do for a lot of these episodes. Yeah. I really like, on a, on a different note, I really like the attack names for the Witch Brothers. Yard Sale Bombs! Like, that's, that's a really cool attack name. Yeah, and you can, you can <laughs> thank the, the dub for that, because the, the sub, they only have one attack name that they just keep saying over and over again, and it's Dream Dust. That's, that's yeah. that, that ain't even a roach thing. I ain't want no a, roaches dream dust. It's such a weird thing, yeah. Like everything that they do is called is called uh, dream dust, with the exception of the um, the two attacks they do at the end when they're trying to hit Hulsamon, which are um, Roach One Chop and Roach One Kick. Okay. Oh, well, I mean technically it's it's Roach One's Japanese name, which is uh, Gokimon. That was it, Gokimon. Okay. Right. The, the Japanese word for cockroach, which is Gokiburi. Uh, right. Let's see. Yeah, I well, like this is the first time in a while. attack and yard sale bombs are really good. Is this is this the first time that they've actually introduced a new enemy Digimon in this series? Because Roachmon wasn't no, the, uh, yeah, in the last episode. The first yeah. adventure was it? Ebidramon, yeah, that was that was that was a new one. Oh, in the last yeah, episode, Ebidramon, I think was the yeah. Or huh. maybe Tyrannomon, I I think we didn't really see a Tyrannomon. I feel like. Tyrannomon was in Adventure because you remember that you have to see oh, where, okay. where, where, Pic- where where Lilymon first appears. She's fighting Tyrannomon, yeah, I believe. Earlier than that, oh, as and, well, and Pixiemon, the, Pixiemon, yeah. yeah, in the, in the Picklemon episode, um, Grandma okay. gives a Batista yeah. bomb to it. That, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and thank you for fixing. Yeah, sorry, Picklemon, of course. <laughs> yeah. So uh, no scrappy. established. So I feel Quick like I feel... go for it. Oh, sorry, sorry, go for it. No, go ahead, Sloan. Tom I wasn't, I wasn't saying anything okay. important. Uh, I was curious, because Mimi is very excited about her chocolate-covered rice ball. That was not a chocolate-covered rice ball in the in the sub, was it? Uh, it was, I'm pretty sure it was just a seaweed-wrapped rice okay. ball. I was thinking, okay. chocolate-covered rice ball, like, considering, like, the weird food her mom makes, that tracks, but also that seems like the, the worst thing in existence. One second, I'm scanning my notes real quick to see if I can... Yeah, um... it didn't look like it. It didn't look like it was that. I I, I had a similar note about saying like, that's okay, not, yeah, yeah, so, I, I'm guessing that's not a rice ball or something. So. Yeah. Okay. So in my notes, it just says it's just it's just a rice ball, and she just says I haven't had these since I moved to America. Okay. Interesting. I feel like I'm not getting much of a character from Yoli yet. Yeah. For some reason, I think... like I I just feel like she's kind of like kind of like weird sort of quirky girl who's very sort of extroverted, but like. Not in any sort of specific way, or then kind of being loud. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I almost wonder I'm if it's not like other girls. Like... Says Yoli. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Scrafty, similar to how I asked you about Cody. I don't know if this. I, I mean, we've spoken at length about the name difference, so no need to retread that. Um, <laughs> but is there any difference that you can think of when it comes to their characters? Like at least that you've noticed so far, or? Or, or or anything like similar to, similar to the Davis Daisuke split. Uh, well, she definitely feels a lot peppier in the Japanese version so far. Like she obviously has her, her two catchphrases, and you know, like Miyako is is very like she's a bit hyper. Like she talks very fast compared to the other characters. Right. So I feel like she loses okay. some energy in the dub, which is you know she's a bit more uh, toned down and quote unquote normal. Oh. Huh. Huh. But that's it's it's a subtle difference though. Like I I I had to really rack my brain to think about that. But yeah, like she does. She speaks. I 
remember she speaks very fast in the Japanese version, which was difficult for me to keep up with, so I just sometimes pause and, and record what she said. <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. No, that's interesting. Um, yeah, because she's not, I don't know. Yeah, we get a little much bit of, of much her, like, her family. Like she just really doesn't like her siblings right now. It seems like, but that's really the most that we get. And uh, do you know what the the name of her family's convenience store is? It's a store, right? It's uh, it's iMart. iMart. Okay, but I thought it was a store for some reason. The slogan underneath it says "The Store of Love and Purity." Which is that's a little that's a little on the nose. Literally on like that's not on the nose. That's punching you in the face. <laughs> like <laughs> you might yeah. as, you might as well have like, have her wear a shirt that have like the the crest of love and, and sincerity on them for for how straightforward that is. Huh. That's yeah. God, I can't even. Uh, that is so on the nose. Yes, that's a lot. I, yeah, I can't think of much more to say about this one. It was just sort of like a very standard, like, they fought the monster and they beat it and they beat up the control spire. Yeah, it's, it's simple. They met. They I think met. The, and, uh, yeah. The one over. translation difference that I, I haven't talked about yet was um, in the in the sub, they're, in the, 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 sorry, in the dub, they're sticking into the school on a Saturday, whereas in the sub, they explicitly say it's Golden Week and that's why the school's closed. Okay. Ah. Interesting. So is that why like Mimi's coming back to like visit during Golden Week type of uh, thing? She she says in the sub actually that she's there to attend her cousin's wedding, which never gets brought okay. up again after she says that for the first time. So so she's taking why? Joe with her, right? <laughs> <laughs> why yeah. is she back? Why does she visit the school? I'm sorry, I just don't see Mimi doing that. Like, oh, I, I, I'm not sure because she she gets an SOS she... from Palmon, just like how Gomamon sent one to Joe. Okay, last so that's just, that's just oh cut she out. she does. Oh, yeah. I feel like that was cut out from the dub version. Yeah, it was cut. That's you might as well keep that in. That makes so and much also, sense. Another thing, sorry, I forgot to mention this earlier, but another thing that uh, really cranks up the gay vibes is the pronoun that uh, Miyako uses for Mimi. She calls her, she calls her uh, Mimi Onisama, which is a oh, wow. an extremely like reverent pronoun you'd use to, to describe <laughs> an older woman. Right. So like Sama is usually re- like reserved for for the god like the the emperor of Japan and gods if you're talking about yes. gods. So calling someone Oni Sama is like the most like you know reverent like attached way you can refer to someone. Right. Specifically, yes, specifically uh, an older I'm woman, but before, it's, yeah. I found that so funny and kind of adorable. Okay. Yeah, it's obviously like it's obviously uh, Yoli, like, like Kari is right there, but Mimi is taken. So <laughs> our apologies. Tom's just does so mad married? right now, I just feel it. <laughs> does, 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 hold on, no, no, I'm actually, you know what's saying? I'm actually trying to think. Um, in the epilogue, does she get married to anyone, or is it shown they, explicitly they that only she's married state, to someone? As far as, as far as I know, they only state Sora and Matt and Ken okay. and Yoli. Which, oh. the Sora and Matt <laughs> thing, like, yeah, but the Ken and Yoli thing is kind of left field, I feel like. Or maybe it's not, maybe we'll find out as we go on they that just, it's not out of left field. Um, Look, we, when we get to the epilogue, we're going to make a lot of comparisons to how utterly terrible it is, and also how very. I'm going to have to. I'm. I'm sorry, but we're going to have to bring up the Harry Potter epilogue. We're, we're going to have to just bite. No, the yeah, on that one, I was. Is, I was regrettably thinking that too. They are what? They are one and the same. Like I feel like they are one and the same. So. See, this is yeah, this we'll is get better because it's not that. written by, to my knowledge, an awful person. So. That's true. By default, it is better. Yes, but. Yes. 
the, the, the bar is, is on good, the floor, so. but you limboed underneath it somehow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Look, there's my head cannon, and I'm just I'm just keeping my head cannon. That's that on that. That's that and that and that. Yeah. <laughs> this this was a mostly solid set of three episodes. I feel like the quality of O2 is. I won't say it's quite established yet, but we, we, I feel like we've got a, we've got a sense of how things are going to go. I feel like, so mm-hmm. yeah, this yeah. is this show. It's a, it's <laughs> it's a little middling right now, but it's a little middling. I, I do a... appreciate seeing like in these episodes we got to see Matt and Joe and Mimi and sort of see what they're up to and what their lives are like. Yes, and it, that's nice, but also Joe is a doctor. Despite saying he yeah. didn't want to be a doctor, well, although he, sorry, he's a medical student, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Or something. Well, he's a he's a high school student. Oh, but he's studying medicine. Speaking of, before oh. we before we go any further, there's one quote from, from two quotes from Joe that I just want to bring up that I forgot to bring up for some reason. The first I, was when he's talking to his 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 classmates, and Joe in episode five says. I just remember something that I forgot to remember, and I love that. <laughs> I like that. I, I also liked asked... his. I also liked his friends saying about the anatomy test. He just spent all night looking in the mirror, which is another stupid joke. Well, which you just, hear that. I just cracked. Really I just good. cracked up at. Yeah, I just cracked up at <laughs> That's that. Really like, good. You, my other idiots. favorite one was Joe asking Goma like, "What day is it?" And Goma's like, "Oh, it's is it Saturday or whatever?" And he's like, "Actually, it's Thursday." <laughs> but he never did know the days, so it looks like you're back to yeah. normal. I'm like, "This is really stupid, but it's really good." That's cute. Yeah, I like that. That's 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 them using like the dub kind of jokes in a in a in a good way, in a in a cute way. So I I, I like yeah. that a lot. Go, uh, go Anyways, big, big I forgot to bring fun. those up. Last episode, but I really yes. love them. Show's great. Yeah, that that was. I, 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 I did enjoy these episodes more that, than, that was than my, the other episodes. That was my favorite of the episodes. I say was, will be the Joe one. Uh, episode four I didn't like, um, and episode six was fine. You know, it was, it was okay. So yeah, noticing see, a trend. I like, yeah, I I liked all of these in the Japanese version better than the dub. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sure I can feel I'm slowly beginning my transition to, to true weeb, where I'm just like, the oh, sub no. is so much better, the dub ruined it. Because in this case, it kind of did. Like, there's, I, I like the, the two subplots that I excised from episodes five and six, or four and five, rather. It's, it, it is clear that for Digimon Adventure 2, the sub is the superior experience. I feel like that, based on everything you're saying here about, yeah. the, about the changes made and stuff that was caught and so on. It's very clear to see. I think I think the real debate comes down to I don't know. I think I think the only serious sub versus dub discussion I want to have is Tamers. <laughs> so we'll get to that. We'll get to that when we get to that. But for yeah. this, I'm I think and, we, like we'll it, have, me and me and Sloan should very much concede that the sub is uh, probably probably winning this round. Yeah. yeah I mean, with it's... adventure, we all kind of talked about like, oh, like the dub is still very good, but you kind of should have that knowledge about the the intricacies and the details from the sub that aren't there because they really add to the experience. But right now it just sounds like watch the sub. It, it, it tears me <laughs> apart. Cause like there, I love some of the, the, you know, jokes and voices in the English. Like I love Derek Stephen Francis can, I love Paul St. Peter's Wormon. I love, you know, Joshua Seth as Ty, but like, 
I feel like they were just really, like, Bucolts and Neymar were just really backed into a corner on this. Like, they were really being forced to, you know, make it the, the, the Digimon comedy hour instead of, yeah. you know, having the freedom to tell the story that they obviously wanted to tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and funnily enough, I think with these first few episodes and, and generally speaking, the Digimon Emperor arc, I feel like they had it easy. Like, compared to what's to come later on in the, in the episode, where in, in the season yeah. when things start getting really messy story-wise, so... Absolutely, yeah, and like I, we know we know that they're both talented writers. Like Last Evolution, Kazuna's English script was written by Nimoy, and it is fantastic. Like they're they are both very strong yeah, it's writers. Great. It's just yeah, you can feel the weight of um or rather the burden uh, of network expectations pressing down on them yeah. the entire time the the series is being produced. They have twenty yeah, minutes. I don't want. I I almost, I almost don't want to compare a, a, a film like you know localized localized scripts being made today versus like you've got 20 minutes on t on kids tv you know we need x amount of time for toy commercials and stuff you know yeah it's it's a rough gig and and you're already starting out with a show with enough problems as it is so yeah it's it's a hassle um yeah i'm surprised these guys quit curious to see uh (laughs) where things go and like we're you know i'm already like counting down um until you know zero hour when um you know it just becomes too much the the built-up tension explodes and, and nimoy and bucolts uh leave the show yes whatever uh, that is pr- which we've got to figure out for ourselves <laughs> this is our doomsday <laughs> clock arc yeah i'm 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 like i'm t- I'm tallying down the days and i'm I'm wondering um if you'll be able to notice like a, a marked difference i won't say improvement because i don't think that like it necessarily improves but a difference in tone okay yeah we're looking forward to that i'm i'm not excited, but I'm curious. To I'm eagerly curious to see what that is like. Yes. Sam, should we move on to? Do we have a new reader mail this week? We have one reader mail this week. Yes. Let's get some of that reader mail, Scrafty. Do you want to kick us off with that? Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's time for a reader mail. We kind of skipped over this last week just because we had so much to to cover with introducing a brand new series on top of you know three episodes of the show. Um, but we're back this week. We love getting mail. Please send it to us. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or ideas, because some of our best discussions have, have spurred from just like idle amusings or uh, questions about you know what would happen if we made a Digimon fighting game or uh, our yeah. ideal tabletop RPG, which Sloan is now implementing uh, expertly. <laughs> yes, we're well, relatively uh, speaking. Yes. And uh, yeah, like we just we just love we just love doing this and, and and hearing your thoughts on it. So if you would like to send us an email, you can send it to diginovacast at gmail.com that's d-i-g-i novacast at gmail.com and our message for today comes from or orga i think it's or i'm I'm very sorry if i'm pronouncing that wrong i think it's orga uh and orga is asking would you ever want armor evolution to return in the series and if so how would you quote unquote fix it to make it you know not get overshadowed by a champion yes I, I I would love to. I I think armor forms are really cool, and yes, like it's it's agreed. a neat concept. The tricky agreed. part is you would need to have them scale on the same power level because it seems like they're in some weird case of like stronger than rookie, but not necessarily stronger than champion. Because once they get champion forms, we basically don't see armor evolutions ever again, unless it's like for transportation or something. I'm pretty sure. Yep. But. That's why I'm trying to think, like, how do you, what do you do to, like, make them still necessary? So, I 
feel like. Okay, so this is something I highlighted in the last episode. A lot of the a lot of the um, armor forms are like mounts essentially. Like if you look at you know you've got Halcimon, you've got the, the, the Pegasusmon and the Fertimon, they all fly. They're all flying mounts essentially. You know you've got Rydramon, you've got uh, the fish one. I forget which I forget what the hell that's called. Um, you, Samarimon. You know, you've got a number of them. The one, yeah, sure, yeah. The, yeah. the submarine one. Uh, <laughs> the submarine one, yeah. Yeah, I forget its name, so... Uh, yeah, submarine yeah. Um, Right, that's it, that's it. So, using for that purpose, you know, and, and I guess it all just comes down to the writing. It's like, if you write scenarios where the Digimon are just sort of fighting, like, in generally speaking, like in the in the world or whatever, then, you, yeah, you're not going to need mounts and stuff. But you need, if you give them you know reasons to need to like travel at speed and stuff like that then then yeah you know you're gonna be able to use those forms more like they could have written in more reasons to use the different forms but they just didn't so i feel like that's what it comes down to when you when you use armor if you want to use armor more um other than that i would say i really like the idea of the eggs being like interchangeable between the various like digi like tamers or whatever you want to call them like the, yeah, the various digi definitely like that feels like rather than just give like two to one person or even one to one person in tk and kari's case why not just have them available like for them to pull from like obviously you're going to end up with a billion different combinations but hell that's that's like gold for this kind of show and it and you know you can just use a common theme to like you could even do something weird like oh I don't know have like you know for example there's XVmon but then he has all these different like XVmon variants depending on the armor like treat it more as like armor rather than like a whole different Digimon like that's more reworking the concept from the ground up I realize that but yeah, like I, there was no, a lot I, I you could do that, that idea that it being a modification to a form that kind of takes it a half step up would be an interesting idea because part of you know part of the the lore of zero two is that none of these uh you know partners can reach ultimate on their own so being able to kind of circumvent that would be it would be interesting and they kind of half commit to it with with um imperial Dramon having two forms one of which is like you said like kind of like a mount and one of which is more like a fighter yes right but um, yeah, it'd be cool if everyone could do that instead of just a select few. Yeah, and like maybe I mean there's, I mean maybe maybe the armor forms like come into play. Maybe maybe they aren't just for rookie Digimon either. Like I don't know. There's 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 so many more things you can do with it. You just need to write scenarios which like call, you know, you have to write, you have to, you have to write good stories and then find some way to implement the armor in there if you if you feel like you want to i don't know um it's such a wide open concept so the answer is yes i'd like to see it return yeah definitely i mean they have had like all sorts of armor forms for all sorts of digimon for all these digimon out for years and i've always like seen them like pictures of them and i've always been like oh i want to see these things and you never do <laughs> but it's like they're really cool and i would just love to like see these at some point and but the tricky part is again how what situation do you put them in where you see the armor forms where you don't need a champion form or you don't need Digimon or DNA Digivolution? I feel like it's they just treat it like they treat Magnamon because Magnamon is essentially a, a mega level, um, but it's right. like a temporary power up, like it has a, a solid time limit on it. And because of how much um, you know, energy it uses up, they can only use it in emergencies. So 
I think it would be cool if they use them like panic buttons where it's like, oh crap, you know, either, you know, because of interference or because of our, you know, partners are exhausted or whatever, we can't, you know, get to the higher level right now. So let's just slap some armor on them and hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for that. That'll be interesting, um, especially if it ties into like an almost like school grim on a scenario where they're kind of using those to like circumvent their partners not really being fit for battle. And obviously that's not really <laughs> like a cool thing to do if you think about it. So it's maybe yeah. there's a thing. Yeah. yeah speaking of school Raymond thing, maybe there's a thing where there's risk of dark digivolution. So you got to do the armor digivolution. So your partner doesn't get big angies. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, may- maybe, yeah. Uh, like I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. Like, there's, there's so many different possibilities you can do with it, but I feel like they purposefully avoid using that stuff because they understand how like, how like different how many different directions it can go in and they just can't be asked dealing with that they can't be bothered dealing with that so they just stick to normal evolution <laughs> which you know fair enough i feel like for example um you know they could have done it again in last evolution kazuna they could have had the o2 kids use their armor forms i don't think it's a spoiler to say that they don't bother they just stick with the champion forms they, the story wouldn't have been any better or worse for it if they had used the armor forms. So, and I feel like it would maybe be more of a tease than anything because it would would have brought up the, you know, you think about the armor forms, a million different ideas sort of get started in your head. So, probably best. Yeah. Maybe if I was writing Digimon, I wouldn't use the armor forms actually because <laughs> because there's too much of a wide open concept. Uh, but if I was given free reign to really play around with it, then that would be that would be fun. Sloan, some of those other Digimon that you've seen, like the other armor forms, like you know, Vimon given like the different digi egg that Cody has or whatever, some of those Digimon are just clearly they don't look like the problem with those is they don't look like the actual like Digimon, if you know what I mean. Like they're they're like No, yeah, I get you. They look they, they look too different. Which is Strange. I just, they're, they're I just want to see more built. cool Digimon. <laughs> well, you know, you can. I just want to see more could, cool monsters. They could do that anyway. I don't know. We'll see where adventure goes. Maybe they'll show. Maybe they'll show up in events 2020. So. Yeah, thank thank you so much for that question. That's an interesting thing to talk about because yeah, like it, it is. They are kind of just discarded. Like the unique gimmick of the series is, is thrown out almost immediately after they get the ability to, to you know evolve normally again. Yeah, um, and I mean, we sort of brush over it, sort of, because of it's because it's sort of like a fact of like, oh well, it's as Grafty noted last week, it's it's very utilitarian and meant to just be like, we need to get down these control spires because we're not powerful as rookies and we can't digivolve. So here's our here's our fixed proof our fix fix it solution. <laughs> yes, uh, DNA digivolution as well also kind of takes over. You know, once that's introduced, they. Uh... Yeah, that's very much the thing. So, uh, which fair play, you know. But I feel like I feel like the original series managed this better because they're like, yeah, champions, and then they had ultimate. But obviously, they you know they didn't always use ultimate. Um, <laughs> you know, they they use champion form even in last evolution sometimes when they really don't need to. So, um, oh, they really probably shouldn't do. So it's like, yeah, I feel like they've always managed it better, and the armor stuff and the champion stuff. Maybe maybe it was just too many different things to handle anyway yeah. that's my two cents on it but yeah thank you for the email that's yeah it's really cool much. to think about these things that we don't always think about or bring up as frequently 
yeah yeah thank you very much keep them coming in yeah like i said please. we we love mail uh please send it to us we know that you know it, it's not always easy to think of a good question or a good line of inquiry but we guarantee you you know if you've thought about it it's good like we're you know we're not ones to judge that kind of stuff yeah. i'm sure even if it was just like a, a question like what's your favorite x or what's your least favorite favorite y um, you know, it gives us stuff to talk about for a minute on it. Write in to say hi. We'd love to hear from you in any manner. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Totally, yeah. Get in touch. Yeah, even just to tell Sloane to stop talking about me so much. You know, those <laughs> no, kind of messages. I refuse. <laughs> if the, even if the people demand it, I will not stop talking about Jomi. Buy, buy my silence. <laughs> no, yes, you can't exactly. buy my silence. <laughs> yes. So, Scrafty, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at ScraftyDevil. I'm currently um, still at the moment midway through my rewatch of, of uh, the Mobile Suit Gundam franchise. I uh, am on to 8th MS team right now. So, um, you know, finished with original Mobile Suit Gundam, finished with War in the Pocket, which is one of the greatest OVAs of all time. Please check it out if you haven't already. And I'm now on to the, the second uh, set of Universal Century OVAs. And then after that, I'll, move, I'll probably be moving on to either the third set of OVAs, Stardust Memory, or on to Zeta. Uh, though I might rewatch Turn A Gundam, because like I, I said uh, last time, it was one of my favorite series in the entire franchise. So I'm excited to get to that. Uh, but at the moment, yeah, just making my way through those again. Um, I'm, you know, quarantine is being lifted in my neck of the woods despite everyone's best instincts. So. Uh, thankfully I'm, I'm back to work, which gives me a little less time to watch stuff than I did before, but, uh, hopefully yeah, I'll still be able to keep up with this rewatch, because I'm really enjoying it. Like, it's, Gundam is one of those things where I've always loved it ever since I was a child, but it just kind of reemerges from the, the annals of my brain every few years, <laughs> just to, to say hello. <laughs> so yeah, that's been very fun to revisit. That's a lot of Gundam, so. Yeah. Yeah. Gundam. Cool. Yeah. Uh, are you playing out at the moment, game-wise? Uh, I actually haven't been playing a whole lot lately. Um, I've played the new the new Left 4 Dead update that just launched, actually. I can't believe they did an update for that game, like, <laughs> 11 years. They just updated Team Fortress 2 as well. <laughs> yeah, like, so, like, 11 years after... Yeah, um, release. Yeah. After its initial release, like, it's, it's still being updated. And it is a, you know, it is a, a community update, true. But it's, it's still pretty cool to see, and yeah. I... Uh, yeah, I had a great time with it. It's a short campaign, but it's a fun one. Uh, that aside, I mostly just been playing fighting games, <laughs> like usual. Nothing really new on the single player front. Fair yeah. Enough. Are you looking forward to uh, 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 the, uh, the the addition of Steve? <laughs> My Smash Bros. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. I, see, I not to disparage anyone who enjoys Minecraft because. You know, I'm very happy that people are happy for his inclusion. I know that the game means a lot to a lot of people, including several of my friends. You're all awesome. Bolt. Keep on rocking. Um, <laughs> but getting out of like, I, I had a late night before that doing work, and getting out of bed to see that, uh, early, like getting out of bed early to see that, made me just kind of like frown and then just go back to bed immediately. You ever see a Smash Brothers like I, uh, reveal that that makes you go immediately go straight to bed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I drag myself out of bed. I, I plop myself down on my my computer chair, turn on the stream, and then like as soon as I saw like the the silhouette bust through the wall, I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was like three p.m. for me, so I was kind of in the right mood for like, all right, work's almost over. I'm kind of just waiting for the clock to hit five now. Uh, let's put on the Smash Bros. stream, and I was like, 
God damn, that's funny. And then I thought, actually, he looks pretty damn fun to play as. So he sold me more on their on their fighters pass than uh, than Min Min did. Put it that way. So I will. Yeah, so, I will say. Um, I think the the music in his trailer was great. Like I. Oh yeah. I've, always, I've always thought that Minecraft music was was pleasant, but not like something I'd listen to outside of playing. Like, I yes. never actually played the game, but I don't think it's ever something that I would listen to outside of the game if I was a player. Yes. Um, but the remix that was in that trailer was like that was bopping. I love. Um, like, I think it's based when... on something in Dungeons. I feel like. I feel which, like which one's saying. that? Is that like a spinoff game or? Uh, Dungeons just came yeah, it's out like they're... this year. Like they're Diablo like. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. Uh... It's on like so, which would make sense that it has more fitting music. But I bet there'll be remixes of like just you know, <laughs> look, there's there's remixes of Smash Brothers based on like the Wii Shop channel and like picture chat noises and stuff like that, like. You know the game and watch. Yeah, if if Smash game and watch anything, it's taking taking songs that were slow and making them really hype. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they did. They just did one for like Binder's Lament from Twilight Princess, which was awesome. Like, so they know what they're doing. You know, they're like remember Smash Four and Smash Four when they took um Cap'n's song from Animal Crossing New Leaf, which is like. Uh, you yes. know, like a, a Diddy he sang as a loading screen basically between the two islands um, yes. and made it into like a really hyperactive like battle bop it's so good yeah, yeah they, they so do I'm such good work for that. yeah yeah they, 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 I'm really excited although Agamon Agamon got robbed uh, please please <laughs> give Agamon his spots in, in Smash Bros keep the hope alive I, I want Agamon, Agamon as well that would be awesome yes yeah yes. same agreed yeah and uh, what about you, Tom? Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, as always, at ColdManHot. Uh, in between Scorching Hot Minecraft takes and Scorching Hot uh, Donald Trump coronavirus takes, I'm just uh, talking about my, you know, various shit I'm watching and playing. I'm sort of in a, a little bit of a <sighs> crash four turned out turned up today. I was committed to the Digimon cause though, so I was making sure to, you know, focus on the things that matter: eating food. Getting my watching in, getting ready for the podcast. But we, we greatly appreciate your dedication as, to the as, cause. As soon Thank as you. this is over, I'm going to be playing this game that I've been waiting like a good twenty years to finally play. So, um, a final proper <laughs> actual Crash Bandicoot four. So, so excited for that. Uh, before then, I've been playing the Mario 3D Collection, um, which I completed all of them. Well, I say completed. I've still got the Luigi stuff to do in Galaxy, but. You know, it's just a rerun of the levels, basically. I completed Sunshine 100% for the first time, so you know, I feel like I'm, I feel like the universe owed me some good karma, uh, and I feel like I'm, 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 so, I'm so I feel like I've I feel like I've got it. <laughs> I feel like everyone else has got it as well. So you know, um, yes, uh, and then I've I've still got Hades to jump into at some point, and I'm feeling very guilty about the fact that I played started finished and completed Mario Sunshine before I started Hades. So uh, feel free to oh. find me on Twitter at ColdmanHots and send me abuse if you feel like I deserve it for, for doing that. I, I mean, that means you have more time for yeah. Hades. But true, yeah, yeah. I want to give Hades the time it deserves. So, but Crash 4 takes priority right now. Like, I, that, that game is, yeah, that game is going to get all my time over the next weekend. And, you know, that's that's how it be. So, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to that, and uh, yeah, say hi on Twitter if you if you feel like it. And where can we find you, Sloan? You can find me at Sloan Rosette. Uh, I because we didn't record last week. Uh, I had basically just a week to just do nothing, 
And so I basically, I 120-starred Mario 3D All-Stars for the first time. I'm 80 shines into Sunshine. I haven't started Galaxy yet. I'll start that when I finish Sunshine. I've been playing it some... I haven't been playing as much Slay the Spire, if only because, you know, I've been playing 3D All-Stars, but I'm get, I'm hitting kind of a roadblock, so I'm going to need to, like, sort of push back into that soon. Uh, I've been listening to some tabletop podcasts, uh, Friends of the Table, Counterweight, and Pokemon Adventure in the Millennium, because, you know, now that quarantine has led me to a new hyperfixation, I was like, why not listen to these podcasts that I've been interested in checking out? And they're both very good. And yeah, we actually started a, a table a Digimon-inspired tabletop thing with uh, the three of us and some other friends, which has been pretty fun so far. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward. We'll be, we'll be doing some more of that tomorrow. It's it's not like something we're streaming or anything just yet, but it's uh, you know we're just yeah, to we're some, just it's just some, just for fun. I, fun? I still which... want to do something like a one shot, like for with the three of us one day if it can pan out. But for yeah. now, we're just hanging out, just chilling. I've never played a tabletop game before, so I feel like <laughs> I'm gonna be um uh maybe a wrench in this. <laughs> We'll see. I'll do my best. I'm doing my best alone. <laughs> so uh, please bear with me. I mean, hey, this is the first time I'm leading it. I'm leading something like this. So you know what? Yeah. Who you cares? Know. We'll muddle through it together. So everything's fast and loose. And Scrafty's dev as well. And then I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm playing a lot of Among Us because I am really good at imposter in Among Us. Uh, I played with some friends recently, and then afterwards they were like, wow, you just straight up lied to me for like four games straight, and I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> it's a lot of fun when you get a good group of people together. Yes, yes. But that's, re- that's, that's really it. I've cool. just had a lot of free time, and now I'm going to be back to recording, which I'm very excited to do. Or, not recording, editing, which I am excited to do, because I love listening to us again, after yes. the fact. Yes. That's this a, one might be a bit of a heavier one to to sift through, but we appreciate yeah. your dedication nonetheless. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to do it. Why but did you talk so much ne- about 9-11? <laughs> I mean, I, I had regret- the deep touch of Kabul lore. I regret this entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyways, next week we'll be covering episodes 7 through 9. And I'm sure at some point soon we'll be doing a Last Evolution Kizuna uh, reaction type of thing. So be on the lookout for that. But other than that, I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah. So uh, so this has been the Novacast, and thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>